What is up? And welcome back to Beyond the Arc with Brandon Silvers. As always, I am your host, Brandon Silvers. Got an extra special episode for you. By now, you know I love sports, love talking about sports, love talking about the many different aspects of sports. And the most fun sports talk, in my opinion, is talking to people about their favorite teams. My favorite team ever is also my first favorite team, and I would not be talking about sports if it wasn't for them existing, the Clutch City Houston Rockets, who won the 94 and 95 NBA championships. Got the Hakeem shirt on if you're on YouTube. So I could talk about them for hours, but why do that when I can talk with when I can talk about them with H-Town's very own super cool dude, producer, world traveler, consultant, analyst, KP, a.k.a. Fry Drexler. Fry, man, thank you for joining me. For sure, for sure, for sure. I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Having me on. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, so let's let's start off. We're going to get to my fandom. Don't worry about it. When did okay. you right. become a Houston Rockets fan? Um. Well, I grew up, you know, in the South, Houston. So it's like, um, it's a football town. You know, it's a football state. So um, I probably grew up, um, I started watching, you know, sports probably in the early 70s, which was really baseball. So I played baseball, you know, Pee Wee, Little League. And I had uh, my grandpops used to take me to the um, Astros games. Like this was like early 70s. 73 74 so i was going to see the astros early i didn't get into basketball until maybe a few years after that my uncles were really into it because you got to remember back then you could only watch local teams on on tv Mm. so you you know they didn't have all the other games were tape delayed they came on like after you know kids went to sleep at night so they didn't have live games. So you didn't get to see the Lakers and the whatever. This was like in the early 70s. So um, the first remembrance that I remember the Rockets were, I used to see these pamphlets because my, my uncles used to go to the games and they used to have this white dude on the pamphlet. And um, this may have been like 74, 75. This guy's name was Mike Newland. So I'm, I'm going to go through a lot of names here. and you, You're going to have to, like, kind of maybe take them down because I want you to look some of them up. Definitely. Some of these guys up. But um, he was on the cover of the brochure. Now, he wasn't really, like, the star of the team, per se, but it was a white dude that they put on the cover of the brochure. The the Probably the most popular player back then was probably Calvin Murphy. And – you know, he had, um, he was real popular in the community. He had, um, he was a baton twirler. So he had a group uh, called the Marching Thunder. And they had drummers, like it was like a drumline group with majorettes and girls twirling batons. And he was the lead baton twirler. That and is he wild. Was, yeah, Calvin Murphy is a super dude on a baton, with a baton, twirling baton. I mean, anybody from Houston knows this, but, you know, it's like he was like the guy on the team back then. So um, they had Rudy T. He was on the team. Rudy Tomjanovich, he was on the team. Uh, He wasn't a star, you know, but he was, you knew his name. Like, you would hear his name on the news and stuff. But um, that was my first 
remembrance of the Rockets until they got Moses. And then when they got Moses, they were popular in the city because he was popular, like nationally. Like, you know, you couldn't go anywhere because they talked about Moses because he was the leading rebound in the league. Like when he came in to the Rockets, he was probably, he came from the ABA and he was probably in his third year when he got to the Rockets, third or fourth year as a pro. And he came in and he averaged, I think, 14 rebounds a game, like the first year. So One he of the was games like forgotten superstars, like super oh, underrated all time. Oh, man. I mean, I knew about Moses like before all that Philly shit, like before he got to Philly and he was the man to us back then. I mean, he was super raw and yeah, he was, you know, he couldn't talk worth a damn, but um, he, he was, he was the man, you know? So back then they had um, another guy, they had another guy named Dwight Jones who was from the city. So um, a lot of people knew about him. They followed the Rockets because of him. And um, they, after about around that time, they got John Lucas. Mm. So uh, he came to the Rockets as a rookie. So he was he was popular, you know, before he got into drugs and shit. So they were, you know, they were a good they were a good team, you know, around that time. And um, I was probably watching a little bit of it then you know, because of Moses, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't into like any of the other teams until the eighties, like the early eighties. I really started watching basketball when magic and bird played in that one final. Got you. I was like 79, maybe 78. Um, that was really big. Cause that was like a nationally televised game. Everybody was into it because, it was a white dude that could play, you know, because back then, you know, when you live in the hood, you only think brothers can, can who, you know, you don't see on TV, you hear about these dudes. Like we heard about like Bob Cousy and all that shit, but we never saw white dudes that could really play until bird came. When bird came, Dude, it was like crazy. I just heard a great story about this today. It was Nolan Richardson was talking about him. Uh, Uh The old Arkansas coach was talking about he was driving through a town where Indiana State was playing. He was listening Uh on the radio. And all it was was like, Bird goes left. Oh, Bird goes right. He was like, man, this dude, Bird, this brother here is cold. Right. He said he woke up the next day and before this, he hadn't seen him. He opened the newspaper and saw who Bird was. And he said, I right. was like, damn, damn. <laughs> he couldn't believe a white boy was doing that. Right. And this was like when I when I started watching, when you know, it was that that year that they went to the finals because they were showing their games on like you would only see college basketball games on Saturdays. Uh, they didn't. It was no cable. So you didn't see national games unless it was Saturday afternoon. They would have a game at like 12 noon or something. And they would always show a lot of the same teams. So back then they would always show like UCLA. They would show Notre Dame. They would show, this was before the Big East was popping. This was before all that shit. Like the teams that I knew about. And when I started buying those magazines, like when I was like 12 years old, 
I started buying those Street and Smith magazines. Yes, sir. And I remember the first magazine I bought was probably, and this was my favorite player, Rod Foster was on the cover. He used to play guard for UCLA. And he was like the best player that I knew about because he was on the cover of that magazine. And I just started following him, right? But they had a lot of different players in the magazines, like for Puka, you know, a gang of, you know, all these players, you know what I'm saying? So um, that's when I really started paying attention to basketball was when Bird came and Magic. And then um, I knew about it, you know, before then. I knew about it because of the Rockets, because of Moses. And they went to the finals in like 81. So it was big. It was it was huge when they played the Celtics. You know, they they you know, I knew about other players in the division, too. Like I knew about Gervin, like mm. George Gervin because he played for the Spurs. So they would play them on TV locally. You would see that game a lot. So you would see them play them. So I knew about their players. The Kansas City Kings had players. They were in the division. This was back when the it was still the New Orleans Jazz. I mean, you were seeing like Pete Maravich back. I mean, I remember seeing Pete Maravich back in the 70s play. So before he died, you know, so um, there were a lot of players that I saw just by the division just because the Rockets played in that division with the Spurs and the Jazz and all these other players. Um, but, yeah, so then, you know, when they, they had Moses and um, they they actually, you know, they made it to the finals one year. They played the Celtics. Um, they got beat, you know, bad because that was like McHale's rookie year, I think. Um, they had Bird. They had Parrish. Parrish, um, yeah. Let me see who else they had. I had I had a list here. They had um oh my god, Tiny Archibald was on the team. Um, I forgot he he finished up there. He was he I mean he was a long time Celtic before he then he went around and he you know he came back. Um Cornbread Maxwell was on that team. Um they had uh oh man, this dude Rick Roby. I put his name down because this dude was like one of those uh just enforcer white dudes yep. like that you hated. I mean, and we hated. I mean, we. I grew up hating the Celtics because of that that series, like that 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 started me to hating the Celtics. Because once you get into the eighty two, eighty three, you only had three teams that you could root for. Like when we were kids, like when I was twelve years old, it was only three teams: Philly, Celtics, Lakers. So once you got into the playoffs. You can root for your home team, you know, but then when basketball was on TV, this is when basketball started coming on TV. They would show the playoffs on TV live. You only had three teams that you really, that we really, you know, it was either, everybody hated the Celtics if you were black, for sure. I didn't meet a Celtic fan until I got to college. Like, <laughs> seriously. Like, like all my cousins were Philly fans. A couple of my cousins were Laker fans. And, you know, we were all Rocket fans until the playoffs came around, you know, but we, you know, but then when it came to those three teams, you kind of had to pick when, when you're watching the playoffs because we all watching it on TV and everybody wanted the Celtics to lose. So you either jocked on the Philly or L.A. Like that was it, like when it, at the end. But, um, yeah, so after they made it to the finals, um, I was really into basketball then. In the 80s, in early 80s, because then the five slammer jammer came. Yes. And I went to school 
high school, like two blocks from U of H and two blocks from a SWAC school. So my high school was in between Texas Southern and U of H, like right in between. So I went to SWAC games. I went to U of H college games. I saw all of them, like dude from my high school, you know, Justice Winslow that plays in the NBA. Yeah. Went to Duke. His dad went to my high school. Okay. He, when I was in the ninth grade, he was a senior. And he got he went to U of H. Ricky Winslow. He was a he was a part of Five Seven Pajama, the second sort of the second part after after they lost. But um, yeah. So after that, I was really into basketball. You know, I got into it. You know, and um, then they got Ralph. You know. Yes. So that's kind of where this era starts for me is right around right around the drafting of a king but of course first they brought in ralph sampson yeah because it was you, so bad like, yes back to back number one picks yeah 82 83 they were like i wrote it down 14 and 68 good lord because moses left he went to moses Philly. left they had um uh jelly bean bryant was on the team they had elvin hayes and his later years you know so they were they were doing pretty bad those early 80 years you know so until they got ralph oh when they got him they had a, that first year they were they were bad they were still bad but they had a coin flip for the first pick i think when when they got hakeem i think that was like a coin flip yep they were it was them and somebody else them in portland Them in portland Right, and they Portland took- got Bowie, and and then Bulls got Jordan. Well, let's go Bulls back to Ralph Jordan. real quick because we were just talking about this. For those who don't remember or didn't know Ralph Sampson, right. you had you made a very good comparison to a current player that I liked. If you want to share it with the crowd, uh, Wimby. Yes, I don't he's, know why I haven't seen more of that. No, nah, he's Wimby is a little. He's more athletic and more fluid but ralph could do some of the things wimby i mean he can do all and his post game was was better like he could he had a turnaround jumper he had a hook shot he had you know he wasn't he could face the basket so he was like the first big man that tall in a long time that a lot of people saw that he could bring the ball up the court he could dribble between his legs he could do all that shit like he was blocking he was shots another seven four guy and seven four Three-time yeah. Naismith College Player of the Year at Virginia. Three times. Yeah. But him having those skills like like Wimby has, that really let the Rockets draft Hakeem because they could just slide 7-4 Ralph. He wanted to play power forward more anyway, right? Yeah, he didn't want to play center. So when they got when they got him, they had him playing center because that's all they had. You know. So when when the gripe was if they could get the first pick, they had to take a keen because Ralph didn't like playing center. So that's a lot of the reason they passed on a couple of those other guys because man, like Jordan wasn't really, he was, he was good. He was the man coming out, but Hakeem was like thought of as the man too. Like a lot but of I people mean, don't know he was, he was the man too. Like he had went to three, three straight, you know, final fours, 
you know, he he had went to street three straight. You know, he lost. They lost to North Carolina in the first one, the eighty-one, eighty-two, in the Superdome. They lost to North Carolina in that one, but um, and then they lost to Valvano, and then they lost to Georgetown. Uh, yeah, Matt Ewing and Michael Graham. So, so like Hakeem, I mean that's a testament to Hakeem right there is that he was drafted ahead of Jordan and no one right. says anything about it. But like Nobody you said, a home, not a hometown guy, came from Nigeria, but went to school right. there in Houston. So right. how hype was the city to get to draft him? They were hype. I mean, it was like, it was like once Ralph was talking about like I don't want to play center. Cause I don't even think Bowie was on the radar, dude. Like I don't, he was a hooper. Like I know he yeah. was legit. Cause I remember watching him, you know, I remember Kentucky back then, you know, uh, Mel Turpin. Dinner bell Mel. Yep. But, um, he, he, they, it was Hakeem because he was hometown. Like, and everybody knew he was going to only get better because he was, man, he was so raw when he first came. Like he didn't start playing until he was 15 or 16. No, he was playing soccer, volleyball, all this other shit. Yes. Like when he was um in Nigeria, he didn't he didn't play basketball. He started playing late. But then when he first came to like U of H, I can I watched a couple of his games, like like the first game he actually came into the game. He wasn't a starter. He didn't start like the first year. Like, you know, he was still like off the bench. But when he would come into the game, he was like a lightning bolt. Like he would have like three or four blocks. He would have like two or three dunks in like four minutes and shit. <laughs> People were like, God damn. Like, Flying around the court. Imagine, he like, didn't really know how to play. You've been playing. He didn't learn how three to play years. until he got with Moses. Like they had this shit called um downtown Houston, they had this shit called the Fun Day Recreation Center, right? And it was like in the summertime, it was kind of like where all the dudes went to play because they a lot of people came down there because they own homes and shit in Houston. So NBA players from all over, they would come down there and play in the summer. And so Moses, you know, he played down there and he, he brought Akeem down there to play. And th- these were legit NBA dudes. Like, and Akeem came down there and he was dominating. And this was at the, you know, when they were playing streetball type shit. And so then he started working with Moses, and then it was over. You know, I mean, you t- like a a guy who just won an MVP, just won a title with with Philly too in that time span, and you come over, you haven't, you have, you've been right. hooping three years, <laughs> right? And you can at least keep up because I remember reading his autobiography. He was like, Moses gave me hell, right? But, but look what it did, right? Iron sharpens right. iron. Iron sharpens iron. He was, yeah, he was, he was tough. But um, so they got see. the twin towers, and then yeah, it looks like there's about to be a dynasty almost right off the bat because '86 finals. I mean, first of yeah, all, ups, upset season. upset the the Showtime Lakers. Yeah, and they beat the Lakers twice. Like the first time in the '81, they beat the Lakers too. Uh, Thanks. that was when they had Magic and Nixon and all them. That's right. And that was in the last season, them. the winning time. They just showed right. that winning time. Right, and then they beat them here with on that last second shot but they dominated that series like it was Hakeem was killing us in that series like him and Ralph they were killing in that series so um so what are you thinking like the end of that series the 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 Celtics series obviously they came up short lost in six 
but you got to be so thinking it's... good about the the first of all you, yeah you're like man these motherfuckers right here i already hate y'all Dude. but you got to be feeling all right heading into the next season because you're like all right our time's yeah, coming right yeah they they but but then ralph started getting hurt a lot like after yeah. that he started he started getting hurt like and i think they traded him like the next year yeah, he like got he got hurt. Next. I was looking up, and he got hurt the very next season. And then you had Lewis Lloyd and Mitchell Wig- Mitchell Wiggins, Andrew's dad. Right. They got popped for for cocaine and kicked out. Yeah, they used to they they used to um they used to they had this hotel next to the summit. Okay, so when the the Lakers, I mean the Rockets, used to play in the summit, they they played in on U of H campus at first in the seventies. Then they built this big, you know, the arena in like 79, 77 or some shit. They moved over here. So they had this big hotel next to it called Stouffer's Hotel. These dudes used to used to rent out the top floor of the hotel for weeks, dude. Like <laughs> one time, like they rented out the top floor and they would have these crack parties and shit. Like just where everybody's smoking crack and all this shit, and one time that dude, you know, Lewis Lloyd was from. He's from Philly. He was like a yep. street ball legend in Philly, and he went missing. It was either one of them went missing. I think it was both of them. They went missing for like a couple weeks. Like nobody knew where they were. Like it was all over the news, and and come to find out, these dudes were just on at the Stouffer's Hotel, like just smoking, like like crazy like, how high are you trying to get you can't just get high on the ground floor you got to be on the top floor that's like extra extra high that I is the crack days. everybody like, was everybody in the nba was doing something back shit, then like lord man that, like, that uh, wild yeah because uh yeah maxwell was a huge he was a big fiend too like he he was he was out there too but he he kind of he got you know, he got busted in Florida for some yeah. shit. Vernon Max with Mad Max. Yeah. So he when he got to the pros, he was kind of like a professional. You know, he knew how to handle his shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't all out there. But we knew, you know, in the city, everybody knew. We we knew, you know, you knew who we hung with. We you saw all the shit. Like, so mm. so that that like eighty seven to when they hired Rudy T that period, it was kind of like basketball purgatory. What was the feeling yeah. at the time about the Rockets first, like generally winning 40 games or so, and then maybe make okay. the playoffs first or second round. Around that time, this is when like Hakeem was getting a lot of the blame. So they were losing and, you know, he was getting all the blame because he was, he was the only star they really had yeah. back then. You know what I'm saying? So he he he's the man, and then he's talking. You know, he he's a real docile, quiet. He doesn't talk to the media. He don't. But he started talking. Like he started like, I'm tired of losing. We need to do something. We need to, you know. And then that's when they, I think they hired. They got Rudy T. And um, they started. You know, they started getting better. So who was in that period? Who who's a good comp? Because in my mind, like reading about it, 
Uh, That's kind of how we talk about like a Joel Embiid now. Is that like a fair comp? Like big man can't really get past, get over the hump in the playoffs. Of course, Embiid's got the MVP now that he got last year, but but yeah, he, was he kind of like that? Yeah, it was. It was kind of like that. Like he had already tasted, you know, tasted the finals before, so he had already been there. So he knew what it takes to win, and this, you know, they had Dale Harris. He wasn't. Mm. He was the coach, you know, he, he wasn't doing shit. Like, so I can't remember like what, why they wanted Dale Harris fired. It was, it was like, he, he always wanted to play that slowdown shit and they wanted to run and yeah. Akeem wanted to run a little bit. And, you know, so they, they end up firing him and they, you know, they, they, they got Rudy T and uh, yeah, when they got Rudy T like that first year, I think that first or that second year they had him, they they barely, you know, they got knocked out of the playoffs by Seattle, I think. I mean, Seattle used to – that was always such a terrible matchup, like yeah. running to Seattle. But, yeah, because I, yeah. I got my a million pages of notes to make sure I didn't okay. forget. But, but, yeah, they had Rudy okay. T, former Rockets player. Former Rockets player. They the city him. loved him. Yep. They had fired Dale Harris. Because Dale Harris was a long-time assistant coach. So when they got Dale Harris, you know, they were all happy because he had been there. He knew the Rockets. He knew this. He knew that. But he couldn't control them. Like, that was, you know, they went to the Lloyd shit and all that bullshit. Oh. They so had, yeah, so you're right. That It looks like instant results with Rudy T. 55 games the first year. Make it right. to the second round. Lose a tough seven-game series to the Sonics. Yes. Yep. Yep. And then that next year... That Which was like, when it was on, 93, 94. 90, yeah, 90, wait, 93, 94. That's yep. the first title year. So heading into that season off the 55 win season, was it like a lot of optimism or were you like, all right, we might have a little squad here. Also, that was just, MJ had just retired. And so the league was kind of yeah. wide open too. It was kind of wide open. And the the when they started the season, they had they were really good like they 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 won like 18 in a row or some crazy shit like they had like a record like it was like because it was like this was like i had left houston by then because i had i moved to la in like 1992 so um i remember some of my friends like they were all laker fans here like so we used to play dominoes every day and all this shit. And they, we went around this table and they were like, who you like to win the NBA finals this year? And this was like preseason. Like we, I was watching like preseason games or maybe like we, it was like five games into the season or some shit. And we had like, we were undefeated. So I told them, I was like, I like the Rockets. And they just laughed. Like they started laughing. They turned over the table and it was like, Rockets ain't winning shit, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I like them because, uh, you know, we look pretty good, you know, blah, blah, blah. So uh, later on in the season, like, we had won, like, 19 in a row. Because I remember, like, I was going over there, and it was like, damn, y'all ain't lost a game yet. I was like, I know. <laughs> like, I tried to tell y'all, like, I've been watching this team, and they look different than they've been looking, you know, I don't know if it's a coach. I don't know if the players, you know, they had a few different players. They had, like, Otis Thorpe. You know, they had, like, Kenny Smith. You know, they had a couple other dudes, you know, they, new dudes. Yeah, they had rounded out that, that like, uh, 
the role players. So that that was the year they right. just drafted Sam Cassell. They had gotten Robert Ory the year before. They had Kenny they got Smith. Robert Ory, Kenny Smith, uh, Otis Thor was a big a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cassell. Yeah, the Cassell. Yeah, Cassell was a rookie that year. Robert Ory was was a good player. I mean, he he's not what people think that he's just like this dude that sit behind the three point line. Dude was dunking on people. Dude was in the paint. Dude was crazy. Like this is the crazy helicopter Bob and shit. Like this crazy. is the craziest thing because I remember like like you said like camped out behind behind the three point line. Robert Ory. I remember Robert Ory dunking on people Dude blocking used to shots on, he used to have this like sideways dunk like he would do and shit and we used to call him like helicopter rob or some shit like he was like because he was like wild and shit like but um he he had he also had a three-point shot but yes. he, he did most of his work like in the paint like back then like he could shoot it from three because they wanted to get shooters around the king so that's why they had, had, had like Kenny Smith, you know, they had him, then they got Mario Ellie. Mario Ellie, you know. So they had they wanted to get these shooters around him. So, you know, that shit worked though. Yeah, because I think that that was they were ahead of their time in using the three point three pointer as a weapon. Like they would just kick it into Hakeem. Right. If he didn't have it, good luck. You got four shooters to cover. And he actually started, he almost doubled his assist per game when Rudy T got there and put that system in. Cause he was yep. just, you just, all right, I don't have it. Here you go. Yeah. He was already like in every, every box score category, like yep. steals, freaking blocks, dude average. Like he averaged like three or four blocks a game, but he would be having like seven blocks in a game sometime, or he would, you know, his average was like three or four, but there was games where he would have like six blocks, dude, or like, five steals in a game like you know just like crazy shit like and he's a center yeah like he was stealing the ball like out by the three-point line like a, a lot like he was doing that shit so just wild so so at what point in that season because yeah they they won 15 straight to start the year that was a record until the 73 win when warriors broke it and they won 22 right. of their first 23 three right so right. when were you like okay we we got this this year like well i didn't think we had it you know it was still like because i had seen it like i had seen it so much like i knew that the other teams there were other teams that were still out there that was you know you had like what who do we we went through portland yep so the west was stacked the west had six six fifty plus win teams six That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it was it was like you know we were one of the teams, but we were in the conversation now. So, you know, I could talk shit now because we were like in the conversation. Like we we had already won like twenty, like you said, twenty two out of twenty three. So we had a good record. You know, we 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 were respected, and that, Hakeem was already respected. Yeah. So you you had to respect him then. Once once they the whole team got together, then it was like it was crazy. Like, yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, you mentioned so we get to the playoffs. You mentioned they beat Portland, who really didn't have anything for Hakeem. They had a lot of their the core for the Trailblazers who'd gone to the finals. They still had Clyde and some guys. They had Clyde. 
and they had um I'll tell you who gave him a lot of trouble in that series was Terry Porter. No. Yeah, he, that's, that's a name, people. That's another forgotten name. Not to the level yeah. of Moses Malone, but Terry Porter, nah, he could hoop. Dude could hoop. Dude was I was trying to figure out. I don't know if that was around the time. That wasn't around the time his mom died or some shit. Somebody he had some shit written on his shoe. Man, this mm. man, this dude was killing us like with those threes and shit. Like he was just like that jumper was like money. Like I was like, get somebody on this fool. Like, and I think they might have had Kersey then. I'm not sure. Yeah, Jerome Kersey. Yeah, but they had Clyde. Shit, they had Clyde. They had Duckworth, fat ass. They had Cliff Robinson. Cliff, Uncle so, Cliff. Yeah, so they had a tough team. Like they had a tough team, but they couldn't. They didn't have nothing for a king. Like he, read, he, he ran through them. I'm gonna read his stats for the series. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-four points a game. Right. Eleven rebounds, five assists, four blocks, two steals per game. Like, good lord. Yeah. That's... So he was like a monster. Like they yes. couldn't do anything with him because they tried to. Yeah, like duck worked on him, man. He's too big. Like he did foul him out. Like he's yeah. foul bait. Cause I mean, I don't know. They had these these big guys, like you said, Duckworth was a a very big dude. But how do you stay in front of Hakeem? Because he's just gonna he's gonna go past you. You gotta know you gotta know how to use technique. It's a couple of centers that that gave Hakeem a problems um all through his career. The the main one is Joe Klein. He gave him problems from college all the way to the pros. I think he went to Arkansas. He went to Arkansas. They played they played against each other in the Southwest Conference. Mm. And he gave Hakeem – he used to get Hakeem in foul trouble a lot. That's crazy because, I mean, he looks like he looks like a Rick Roby type. Right. But he could hoop, though. I mean, yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he could play. He, when, you, when you see him in the pros, he's just like a role player type dude. You know what I mean? Like – but he stayed in the in the league for a while for you know he because he knew career. technique. He knew how to he knew how to guard big men. Like he knows that he knew he's been every time somebody wanna bring up a big man, I bring him up and they look at me like I'm crazy. But this dude know how to guard Akeem. I watched him guard Akeem since college. And I was like, this dude knows how to guard Akeem. Like a lot of other players. Kareem, he uh, Kareem can do nothing with Akeem. Like he, he used to dominate Kareem. So that's why, like you said, Joe Klein had a long career. And so for people right. who are like, how the hell it must have been because he was seven feet tall. No, nah. there was a reason Joe Klein was on the roster. It's technique. He knew how to guard big man. Like he may not score a lot. When he was at Arkansas, though, he was scoring like 25, 30 a game. No, he, he was putting up some numbers. But um, yeah, but. When you get to the pros, if you know how to play defense, you're going to stay a long time. Like, you know how to play defense. That's the key. That's the so, key. So they move past Portland, and this they is where we get Portland. we get Phoenix Suns. They were in the finals the previous year. They beat they, Seattle. Didn't they play, did they play Seattle after Portland, or which one you got? Because I, I, I wrote it down, um, but I might have wrote the wrong thing. They went Portland, then they went Phoenix, and then Utah in the Western oh, Conference. Oh, Portland, then Phoenix, and Utah. I thought they played Seattle in one of those. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Utah, Stockton. Okay. But, yeah, they so, yeah. went to Phoenix with Barkley. It's Barkley, KJ, Dan Marley. Home Dan court Marley. advantage against Phoenix. Yep. First two games. They lose the first two at home. 
big leads blow the leads and that's blow when the, the newspaper come out choke city choke city yeah they they had um they are you know houston already had the choke city name uh. from a lot of shit like you don't you you probably don't remember like even before the warren moon shit um the earl campbell shit like the oilers back then like they they were known as the chokers like they couldn't get past the steelers then the, the warren moon shit with buffalo so that <laughs> was like you know when they played um buffalo oh they blew the, yeah, the they, playoff lead they blew off the lead 35-0 so they were already choke city to me like i was like y'all choking all, all kind of shit like but uh yeah so yeah so they lost the first two they had two leads in those games too like they like you said they went out to huge leads in those games and they, they lost the first two and i mean i remember barkley celebrating like i i didn't like that dude either back then i didn't like him because he was yeah he, was, he talked a lot of shit he talked a lot of shit and he he was sort of like a Draymond Green type, uh, as far as like a try to be a bully type. Uh, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so um, and he but, hadn't even know, won nothing. Now he had never won anything. And he never did, as we and, know. And you know, and uh, we used to always like, uh, you know, if Akeem would just chop this dude one time, and he would make him shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Because Akeem never won. He had like maybe two fights, you know. I I, I saw a video one the other day where he he had a fight, one fight, but um he would he wouldn't come down on Barkley like he really could, and he would let Barkley bully him. Or they had Klein in too. Mm, that's right. Phoenix. Yeah, they had Klein in too. So it was Barkley and Klein down low, like you know what I mean. Like so, Klein already knew yeah what to do. You know what I mean. And then, <laughs> So, but yeah, they lost the first two, and then they go to uh, Phoenix and uh, shit, took care of business. They make it happen. Force game seven. Game seven at the summit. Right. One by 10, turned it out. Choke City to Clutch City. To Clutch City. Hakeem stats that that game, 37, 17 rebounds, five assists, three blocks. And then Sam Cassell... He had 22 points that game. I think he had a key jumper at, in the last quarter of that game. I believe it, because that dude was clutch. So uh, that's actually a great question. Who who does Sam Cassell remind you of? Is there anybody today? Because I know when I watch old tapes of him, the name that comes to mind for me is Chauncey Billups. Uh, is that an accurate that's comp? That's a good comparison. That's 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 pretty accurate. I think I think Chauncey is a little more has a little more basketball acumen when he's on the court. He's more of a quarterback. Sam Sam used to be a wild free free wheeler. Like he so was about stuff. vibes. Yeah, he yeah, he yeah, he <laughs> he was kind of wild style, you know, so he 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 was kind of uncontrollable some, sometimes. Like they used to have to take him out of the games sometimes because he was doing like wild shit i mean he would come up clutch the shit you saw but like if you watched every game like me like you would be like this dude is like kind of wild like you know they used to take him out of the game they did like they used to take him out sometime like for doing wild shit but he was young though you know what i mean so um 
but he he was still clutch though. So you know you can't take that clutch gene away from anybody. If they clutch, no matter how wild and crazy they are, they come through in the clutch. Yeah, he came through every time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Got the got the big balls dance. Um, so yeah, the Western Conference Finals versus the Jazz. That looked like that was a pretty easy one. I mean, Houston one in five. I guess the only notable thing I saw was obviously Hakeem got his MVP award that series. Right. But um, they were like the nemesis of us. <laughs> we lost to them a lot in the playoffs, like a lot of first and second round losses, a lot of yeah losses to the Jazz when they had Hornacek and uh, – Stockton, Stockton Malone and Stockton Thurl Bailey Thurl Bailey NC dude, State that dude was a fucking nemesis to my life dude he the fast lemon <laughs> jamma shit then dude in Utah he was I hated that dude like but he was so good yeah like I'll hate I'll hate players for certain reasons because I don't like them but I gotta respect them like if they good it's you know fun to hate people who are good too yeah, I hated Kobe forever. Like I, I never, I didn't, I didn't never respect him to his last years with the Lakers. Uh, he was. I started. I started. I always respected his game, but I didn't like him until, you know, his final years. And then, you know, I love him now. Like I don't know why. Like he's like still he's like one of my favorite dudes but all through his career i was always against him because i was always a rockets fan and i i was a yao ming fan mm. so he dunked on yao ming yeah but you know <laughs> he did that at that time boy <laughs> so i was kind of mad about that but i had to respect it like shit kobe did his thing you know what i mean because i was always like he ain't gonna never win one without shaq you know, he, he's never going to win it out without Shaq. But then he did it. You know what I'm saying? So you got to respect that. Like That's honestly, I'm a, I'm a big Kobe fan too, but that. I hated him until Shaq left. And I, I read an article about like how much he was just grinding every day and everything. And I was like, man, I you might have to the, respect that dude. I Well, I didn't like him. You know, they went through the whole Bynum shit. And he was talking shit about, you know, him and get that rid of that motherfucker and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you can't do shit without Shaq. That was what, what I was really on that shit. I was like, you can't do shit without Shaq. You can't win shit without Shaq. Like, you know, like, like Shaq, because Shaq was like one of my favorite players, even though he was a Laker. I was a Shaq fan. Like, I love mm. that dude. Like, because he's from, you know, he from Texas. So. From Texas. Yeah, I always loved Shaq, but uh, I never thought that like Kobe could do it without Shaq. You know, even when they got Gasol, I was like, eh, they ain't gonna win shit. But then, you know, they hooped. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you can't take shit away from that. You know what I mean? Speaking of Shaq, that that era was stacked with big men. So in the finals that year, we got a rematch of the Georgetown University Houston finals with the Knicks. Got Patrick Ewing. What were your thoughts on Patrick Ewing? I was a I was a Ewing fan, even though I was a, a U of H fan. But I was a Ewing fan in college because I was a Georgetown. George, fan. Georgetown, yep, yeah, because that makes cause, sense. You know, 
all black people was Georgetown fans. Yeah. Right? Like when you, if you started watching college basketball around then, you was a Georgetown fan. Like if, if even if you might have your home team, <laughs> but you was still <laughs> fucking with G Town. Like, cause, cause that was back when, like, the Big Monday shit started. So this was like when ESPN started showing college games a lot. Like they would have the Big Monday, and they would always show a Big East game, a big. It was the big, twelve, big eight back then, or big twelve back then, and then they would show like a late game, and they would always start off with a Big East or ACC game, and so, you know, Georgetown had the swag, they had the shoes, they had, you know, all the brothers was from D.C. area, you know, except Patrick, you know, so we was kind of partial to that because all the U of H dudes in Fossilama Jamma, they were all from Houston, like the main ones were all went to high school in Houston. So from Rob Williams on up, like he was, when Fosslam Jamma started, like Rob Williams was the man. Like you probably don't even know who that is. Like he went to, he played for the Nuggets. He got drafted by the Nuggets. But when they went to the um, finals in um, 82, when they played against Jordan, Rob Williams was the man. It was before all that Fosslam Jamma. That shit wasn't, that shit wasn't even, it was not even around. It was mm. Rob. It was Rob Williams, and you can look him up. Like look him up. He was the man. And when he came out of U of H, when he was at U of H, he was the man. Like the man. Like seriously. Like one of them dudes that like could have made it, but he got into drugs. Mm. Like he could have been the man when he got to co- when he got to the pros. He started fucking around with drugs in college. Damn. So he was still hooping in college. Like. But everybody in Houston, like, knew about Rob Williams. Like, before, this was before Akeem. When they first got Akeem, it was still about Rob. You know what I mean? So that's a name you might not know Rob about because you're a little bit younger. But, um, yeah, he started off the whole five slam with Jeremy. He wasn't really a slam dunker. He was a point guard. But he was nice with the handles, and he had the jumper and all that shit. So. So anyway, yeah, so the so when they got to, you know, they played against Ewing and them, you know, I was kind of I was I was on board Rockets. Like I didn't give a fuck. Like I was telling people like we gonna win this shit by the end. Like I knew like I was like, we too good. Like we got a squad. I didn't care about like all that Stark shit. I wasn't worried about none of that shit, man. Like I was <laughs> I was fully Rockets, like by then. Like I think I I knew Hakeem could dominate Pat by then. Even though Pat took care of him in the 84, 85, uh, you know. That championship game. Because I know the, the, it was like a clash of two styles where you got like the Rockets were more fast paced. They were shooting threes. And then the Knicks were just trying to beat the hell out of people. It looked like they got Ewing, Mason, Oakley, Charles Smith. Eastern Conference basketball. Yeah. Pat you know, Riley then, on the sideline with his hair slicked yeah. back. Yeah, back then, you know, the the West was known for running gun and the East was known for bruise, you know, beat them up and bruise them. It's not like that now. But back then, you had the Pistons, you had the Knicks, you had the Bulls, you know. You had these teams that, you know, you're going to come out with some bruises playing against these dudes. So the Knicks, yeah, they were tough. They had who? They had Derek Harper. Derek Harper. The, speaking of physical, the, the the handshake was still legal, and oh, yeah. I was reading 
I feel like everything I've read about the hand check rule, they said Derek Harper was the best. King, King oh, Jordan too, though. Yeah, Jordan. Yep, Jordan and Derek Harper. Because you you figure Jordan, but then they said Derek Harper. He could just because he was smaller than Jordan. He was like six four, I think, and he would just steer you, steer you around the court just with his hand the whole time. Yeah, that was his shit. But I remember I saw an interview with Clyde one time, and they asked him like, "Who's the dirtiest player in the league?" He was like, "Oh, Jordan." Like he was like, "No question." (laughs) <laughs> he was like, no question. He was like, oh, he man. is the dirtiest player in the league. And he started talking about how he'd be grabbing you and putting his hands on you and hand-checking you and doing this. And I was like, I can see that. Because he could get away with it. Oh, I, they, yeah, they weren't calling that on him. So it gets down. The first big thing, game five, the juice is loose. You're trying to watch the game. You're watching OJ in the Broncos. They got the box in the bottom of the screen. <laughs> you watching the game. They got the box with the juice on the loose. I was in L.A. there, too. So everybody was going crazy. Juice is on the loose. The juice is loose. <laughs> and then, uh, then headed back to Houston, the juice finally got the juice. Juice was no longer loose. Houston's down two games to three, game yeah. six. Are you yeah. thinking, are those Choke City, that PTSD Choke for City Choke City come back up? Starting to come back. But I was I was a little more confident. Like, I was like, eh, okay, we're going back home. Yeah. You know how you feel, like, when you're going back home and you're going to take care of business? Not with the Astros this year, but back then it was like, we're going we're gonna to do something. I was nervous, though. Like, I was nervous. Because I had the people around me, they wanted us to lose. Because I used to watch the game with a bunch of Laker fans. Giving you all that negativity. Yeah, I used to watch the game with a bunch of Laker fans. So they was like, oh, Houston's not a big-time city. They can't win a championship. It's going to be New York. It's going to be this. You know, I used to take all that shit. But, yeah, but then when they won game six, then, you know. then you Because game six came down to the final shot. And John yeah. Starks was on fire he was and then final possession he comes up dream gets switched on to him yeah and gets a fingertip as he pulls up for three gets a fingertip on the ball right got the block they won 86 84 game seven so game seven you had to be very confident because that was a i mean you survived game six home game yeah home game you got the crowd you know and it's like we can't lose this. We're not going to lose this one. But you still, you know. Anything can happen, but. Anything can happen. You'd you rather be at got, home. You'd rather be at home. But, you know, it started off pretty good. So, you know, you got the vibe when the game starts that this is going to be good. Like, and I don't think there was any kind of tight situations in that game. I think it was pretty much. So I've watched the first play of that game a million right. times because right. Hakeem gets the ball on the post. He turns faces up, goes up to shoot. We were just talking about this not too long ago. He's in the air, drops it off to Ori. Ori right. two-hand. Two-hand slam with the side oh, slam. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All over. Stint Patrick Ewing into the stanchion. He dunked on him so hard. Right. Yeah. Like, if you start game seven like that, 
you're doing all right. But yeah, it was a six point game. Uh, Rockets won by six, but that was the that was the John Starks ice cold two for eighteen. Yeah, he was he was off in that game. He was so streaky though. Oh for like, eleven gotta, three. Right, right. Yeah, he had a bad game. So, but I yeah, mean, man. they won. Yeah, I mean, you had clutch shots from from Maxwell and everything too. What when the final buzzer goes off? What is it like? I know you had some Lakers fans to call. Talking, they were right in front of. They were right around oh, me. I was talking, made this shit. I don't know. I was probably throwing drinks on them or some shit. <laughs> like I, I don't even remember. Like that was so long ago. Like mm-hmm. shit. I, I know that we were drinking, and they probably caught some drinks or something that night. Cause uh, yeah, they were talking major shit. Cause I, I, that's all they used to say. Like Houston's not a big time city. They can't win it. They've been there. They're gonna lose to the Knicks. The Knicks are going. You know, you know, blah 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 blah. But yeah, man, I was I was happy. I was shit. I was happy then. Oh, because that was that was truly a grinded out series. No team scored a hundred points in that series. Yeah, because it was just it was just defense and damn Defensive. beat the hell out of each other. Right. And, and you're so you're right. He had a. Star. Cassell became a star. Yeah, he was clutch. Yeah, that was when you knew, like, he was going to be something. So you had him, you had, uh, I mean, Otis Thorpe, dude. Otis Thorpe. This dude was a big part of that shit. Yeah. So let's talk about him a little bit. Let's get him some love because he was a power forward, a traditional power forward back in the day. Dude was built like a mountain man and shit. The dude dude looks strong as fuck. Yes. Dude's shoulders broad like fucking robot shoulders and shit. Yeah. He looked like a Lego like, man or something. I was yeah, like, this Damn. dude's like a Lego man shoulders. And he used to dunk the ball like he used to when he dunked the ball, it was like he couldn't move his arms in. It was like he had to like <laughs> fucking dunk like a robot or some shit. Yeah, like, he looked he looked like Tin Man Duncan. Right, right, right. The, oh, I tell you what, the the way he looked, he looked like a dude named Otis Thorpe. Yeah, he looked. Yeah, he, he did. looked like he looked an like Otis, Thorpe. Otis Thorpe. But he was a he was a big key because he was he was Hakeem's protection. Yes. So, you know, a lot of shit because uh, dudes used to try to beat up on Hakeem. Like they used to try to wear him down. You know, he had to go through Ramadan and shit. Like he would play through Ramadan where he had to fast all day. You know, couldn't he couldn't me. eat, and then he would come out and put up thirty. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude trying to beat on him and shit. Crazy as hell. <laughs> so Thorpe was like, he was like his protection. So he was like huge to me back then because <clears throat> Hakeem was getting beat up because he never had that protection because Ralph wasn't physical like that. No. He wasn't He wasn't physical like that. So when they bought in Thorpe, he was kind of like a protector. Like he, he didn't, he would score. He scored some points. But he could rebound, shit like that. But wasn't nobody running up on Hakeem no more, trying to hack him and do all that bullshit. Because Hakeem didn't talk about shit. Like he, he didn't. He wasn't physical, like you know, like get off me type. You know, he was just like doing his shit. Like yeah. he had the footwork. You know what I'm saying? He'll dunk on you. But when they start getting physical and talking shit, he would just kind of be like, you know, I ain't with that shit, like whatever. But Thorpe was with that shit. 
Like, so when they would start getting, try to get on a team, the thought would be like, nah, we ain't doing that. Like, you're going to deal with me. Like, and they didn't, you know, they weren't fucking around with that shit. Like, no. He, I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> Google on this story. Google this man. This man was a giant muscle. Dude, he's like a bustle, dude. Like, Google Google highlights to see Otis Thorpe Duncan because I just, was looking yeah, at Google him dunking the ball. Oh my gosh, this dude just dunked like like this. This is crazy. It's crazy. So yep. you're heading into '94, '95. This was kind of an era where if a team won a ring, they were kind of they were set up well to repeat win a couple more heading into that season are you feeling confident like all right we're gonna bring it home again i'm feeling confident that we are in the conversation yeah we still got those same teams i think was jordan in limbo or was he yeah he would he came back at the he came back at the end of that season like march of that season March of that season. So but the Bulls were still good. That's something people sometimes forget. Like they were still they winning were still 50 they, games. Was, yeah, they were still good. I mean, they 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 still had a squad. They still had Scotty. You know, they still they still hoop. But um yeah, I was kind of, you know, I was optimistic for sure. I thought we could we had the same people basically coming back. But then yeah. they they went out, you know, and they got clocked. Yes. So that's what I want to talk about cuz the season started off almost like the the previous season they won nine in a row but then kind of hit a wall and were like a 500 team right you couldn't really afford to be a 500 team because four teams in the west won 55 plus games this year right so they realized i think the 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 final straw i was looking they lost to the clippers they were blown out by the clippers the clippers were a last place team always so then they make the trade. They trade Otis Thorpe mm-hmm. for Clyde, who went to high school in Houston, went yeah. to college in Houston, grew up like a Houston guy. What Houston What guy. were your thoughts about that trade? It was It was amazing. Like I, I couldn't <laughs> believe that shit was happening. Like you know what I'm saying? Because you all, you will see other teams like a hometown dude might play for a team. Back then, it wasn't really prevalent. Sort of. I mean, I didn't really know where a lot of guys were from, you know. Uh, but when he came, you know, we were, I found out he was coming. Then I was like, oh, shit, this dude is good. Like, that's what Akeem needs. He needs somebody that can score, that people in the league respect, that's going to take the pressure off of. And yes. that's what I, immediately what I thought, like, okay, this dude coming in to take the pressure off of Keem, it's over. It's over for you. It's okay. over. Like, You're a true, like, true believer in this move because, yeah. like, people forget about Clyde, too. Clyde, at one point, was, like, neck and neck with Jordan as far as two guards. Right, play. right. How close come- was he when he got traded to Houston? How close was he to his, like, peak, if you can remember? I mean, he could still – See, he could still score on anybody. He just couldn't do it like he was doing it before. Like, he couldn't be the man. He couldn't be it for the whole game, for, like, 48 minutes, 45 minutes or 40 minutes, just constantly do that shit. But when he when we got him, he could still score on anybody. He still had his hops. You know what I'm saying? He was a little bit slower, but he still could score on anybody. Like, and that's what I knew. I knew he could still score on anybody. And I knew they they had to respect him because that's the thing. Like, 
Eh, Sam Cassell, ain't nobody care about. Him. I mean, he he could hoop. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't even start like then. Like he was like still coming off the bench, man. I think we still had Kenny Smith. Yeah, starting. And Kenny Smith, like, he's a, you know, he all right. He know how to run the show. You know what I'm saying? But he can't score like Clyde. Like when you need a bucket, it's certain players. Like back then, it's certain players that they could just go get a bucket. I don't care who it is. Barkley, Clyde, Jordan, Akeem, Kareem. Like when the Lakers used to need a bucket, they ain't go to Magic. No. They ain't go to Worthy. They need they went to Kareem. Yep. Whenever they needed a bucket, like it was like down by two or whatever, they ain't go to none of them other fools. Straight to Kareem, Scott Hook. Every time. You know what I'm saying? Because you couldn't stop it. And they knew it. So you know, you when you got somebody that people can't stop, and you know, like you could get the ball to this guy, and he good for at least getting to the foul line, or he can get a bucket. You know what I mean? That's gonna take the pressure off of King. Shit, I was with that shit like a hundred percent. What's wild about Clyde to me is that his most effective move really made no sense to me because it was just a straight right-hand dribble. He would have his head down the whole time, which you're taught not yeah. to do. Oh, head down. That's his shit. Head down, right-hand dribble, full steam ahead, take off, glide, dunk, boom. Right. You couldn't stop it. I don't know how you couldn't stop it, but you just couldn't stop it. Because his hops were so incredible that, I mean, Clyde is one of the, like, that whole five slam pajama shit, he was like a main cog in that shit. Yeah. Like he had hops like in college, like extreme hops, like David Thompson type hops. Like David Thompson was the first dude I ever saw with hops. Like it was him, then Julius. Like those two dudes was the first two dudes that I ever saw, like with mega hops that could dunk that shit. You know, it was David Thompson, then I then it was Julius, you know. But the Rockets had another dude that came out of high school named Bill Willoughby. I bet you don't know about him. I know. This name is familiar. Bill Willoughby had extreme hops, dog. That's the only way he got to the league. He was like one of those dudes that they he came out of high school and he never went to college and hooped. And then they kind of got signed him off the street. This was like in, in the 80s that he played for the Rockets. I want to say, at the risk of being wrong, I think he came in the league the same year as Daryl Dawkins. I think they were the two high school guys at the he time. He probably did. It was probably the same. He probably did. Man, this dude had hops like a mother. Like, he probably had the most hops, like some of the most hops I've ever seen. I'm talking about well, out of all the dudes. Man. Because like, I've been watching basketball so like, like since the 70s. So a lot of these stuff, people, I, they say, I just kind of like brush it off. Like, when they say some shit, like, I'm just like, all right, whatever. Because I done seen dudes with extreme hot, like David Thompson, like, dude had hot for, like, crazy. Like, hmm. but um, anyway, so, yeah, so when they got Clyde, like, I was happy, man. I was like, what that shit? Like, I believe it, because I do have to say, too, I got to go back in the story. This is the first year I talked about at the beginning. This was my first favorite team. This was the year I started following the Rockets. Okay. And the reason I started following them is very similar to a story you told about your favorite player. I saw, I was flipping through a magazine when I was a kid 
I saw in like a profile or a car ad or something. It was Hakeem standing next to like a black Lexus or something. He was in a suit. He looked like royalty to me. Right. And I had a little basketball hoop and I was just kind of getting into the sport, but not enough to follow anything. And I see this dude looking like royalty. And I was like, who is this? And uh, I was, they were like, it's Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, he just won a championship. And so I was like, I was obsessed with Africa at the time too. Uh-huh. So when you tell me this is a guy who plays a sport you love from a country, a continent you love, like I was sold because I was big in the, like the Africa thing, the Africa, like, right. Right. I was big in the right. big cats, the biggest cat, the king of the jungles, the lion. Right. I'm obsessed with the king <laughs> of the jungle. I see this dude look like a king from Africa. Right. Playing a sport I love. So I was a Hakeem Olajuwon fan right then and there. And I see, had to it, it, It's get interesting everything. to hear that from people that's outside of Houston. Yes. Because, like I'm saying, growing up in Houston, we always thought, like, Houston don't get no respect. You know, even like even like when U of H was like five slamma jamma, we just thought that was just like our little bubble. Like we didn't realize that people actually knew about yeah. that shit everywhere else and they were like liking that shit. We just thought it was us against the world. Like when Five Slamma Jam was out, everybody used to watch that shit. We watched the games, like all the games that y'all didn't see. The shit on Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon, like when it would be Rice against Te- uh, Houston or like Texas against Houston or Texas Tech, we saw like incredible shit because y'all saw the good shit. Like when they got to the tournament, yes. So they played against good teams. You know, you you saw when they played against tournament teams. You know, so they were playing against good teams. Like when they played Louisville, that's a good team. Yeah. And when they were getting off on Louisville, then we were like, oh, because we used to watch them get off on Rice, Texas Tech. You know. All them Texas schools that were in the Southwest Conference, Baylor, they would get off on them every Saturday, like dunking like crazy. It was like a dunk fest. Like, not even the shit y'all see. It was a little worse than that. So when when they get to these other teams, you know, with national ranked teams and they doing this shit, then it's like, you know, some real yeah, for shit. For real. Yeah. So. No, I was Houston because it's, it's crazy. If you knew the show, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. I was all right. about everything houston if i saw something with hakeem on the cover i had to have it that's, I was dope, all about that's dope that's dope as hell because even like then when you living in houston and you watching hakeem play and like i was young like like i said like i graduated high school in 86 so i was like right in the middle of this shit watching all this shit you know hakeem is good because you watching him but you, you still like know about magic you know about Moses, you know about Kareem, you know about all these other players, and you you liking other teams too because that's the national teams that everybody likes. Yeah. So we're not really aware. We just know Hakeem is good, and now he's able to go up against it. But we don't know how good, how people, other people react to him. Like, So it's, it's always good to hear other people say he's one of the best players because we always thought that shit. You know I man. used to argue with people of, of taking Hakeem <laughs> over Michael Jordan. I used to argue oh, yeah. for Hakeem all the time. I was like, this is why he's better. He played defense and big man. I would just at elementary school lunch table, 
defending the record because I, I thought I had pulled the record because I know it's a lot of Bulls fans. I do. So they always want to say, you know, they I, always want to talk about what we would have did if Jordan would have played those two years. But there was a, there right was here. a that was a three year run, three or four year run around that time where we we were like fourteen to two against the Bulls. I got it. I got I got it right here. I pulled just the just the um matchups during the Bulls first three peat before right, Jordan retired. Like 90, like, like, uh-huh. So they played twice each year in the first three peat. The Rockets were five and one against the Bulls. Five right. and one. So if you think these Houston championships don't count because Jordan wasn't on the Bulls. Is that right? The Bulls had nothing for the Rockets. They had nothing for Jordan. I mean, for uh, Akeem. No, they no. had nothing for him. Man, Think they about had, the Bulls. Man, they had Bill, Bill Cartwright or somebody. Cartwright. Man, they used to mob them dudes, dog. And like I was watching those games. Like that's why I always hear Bulls fans. Ah, he man, if Jordan would have played, man, no. Jordan did play. Yes. Like I'm telling you, like he got off, but he he couldn't. They couldn't stop a king, dog. No. And then the second, the second part of that equation, someone we've talked about a little bit, Vernon Maxwell was not afraid of Michael Jordan. Nah. Because he was like Vernon Maxwell was crazy, and he was fearless, and he loved going up against Jordan. And and so between those two things. The Bulls were not going to beat the Rockets in the finals. I will nah. die on that hill. Nah, because Pippen wasn't even a factor. Like, y'all talk about Pippen. Like, he's great. He wasn't even a factor in that shit. He didn't have the, the mind. The dream, and it was about Jordan. Yes. And Jordan was getting his, but the dream was definitely getting his. Yes. On the defensive end, too. Exactly. Like, so see, that's what you got to remember about Akeem. It was, it was, it's not just offense. Dude is his defense is just as good as his offense. Like a lot of players not like that. No. Eh, like Jimmy Butler, he played both ways. But his offense is a little bit better than his defense. Yes. You know what I mean? Hakeem defense was just as good as his offense. Cause the the first title run, Hakeem was MVP and defensive player of the year, same yep. year. Same year. And so you got Jordan obviously one of the best at attacking the rim, but then you also got one of the best shot, the the all-time leader in shot blocks, right. in block shots, and Hakeem there waiting for him. So, they no. Geeked, they was geeked every time they played Chicago. So Chicago, was, it was like the championship. Like, for them, like, that was like, we showing off, you know what I mean, against the Bulls. And in case you thought it was close, four of the Rockets' wins were by double digits. So it wasn't like it was some type like they were blowing the bulls out. It was it was easy. The Rockets would still have two rings no matter what happened. Yeah, so I'm glad we got rings. that clear. Yeah, we would have those rings. I'm confident. I'm pretty confident. Because like you said, that second year, Jordan came back and they lost to Orlando. Yeah, they lost to Orlando. So that was matter when we of fact, had the forty the forty-five. Exactly. So let's get back to that because we were talking about Vernon Maxwell a little bit there. He did not like the Clyde trade nearly as much as you because nah, he, he didn't that like took his it, spot. It took, some, it took some stuff out of his mouth, a little food out of his mouth. So in that first series, Rockets made the playoffs, first series against Utah. Maxwell plays one game, and the team sent him home. Yeah. 
and he was he was on his shit by the end. Like he was crazy. Like he was acting out. And he has said since then that's like the biggest regret that he has in his career is he should have right. acted right. Right. But I mean Hey, when you're a championship team, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta keep it moving. You know I mean? But right. they still got Clyde, still got Utah heading into that game, because Utah had won sixty games. Heading into that that playoffs, how confident we were, were six, you? We were a six seed. Yes. So so that that second year was a rough year. It was kind of like a rough year. They got Clyde. They ran into some, you know, some problems. Akeem, I think Akeem got hurt that year. Yep. Uh he got hurt for I don't know how many games it was, but it was a nice amount of games. And Clyde had to basically be the man. Like he he was the man on the team for like a few games because Hakeem got hurt. Yeah, because they couldn't really develop too much chemistry. Obviously, they played in college together, so right. they knew each other. Right. right. But as pros, right. because like right after the Clyde trade happened, then Hakeem got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt for a few games, and then uh, Clyde had to take over. But they 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 held their head above water, and then they came into the playoffs as a six seed. And they're playing the yeah. Jazz again, the nemesis with yeah. Stockton, like Stockton Malone, who uh, I still to this day hate. Yeah, Mark. But that's a sixty-win team, right? And they take them to let me see. They take them to five games. Yeah, that was like a five-game series. Yep, that was best of five back then the first round, yeah. and right. they forced a game five when Hakeem and Clyde each scored forty in game four. Right, right. That's a hell of a one-two yeah, punch. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. But the Jazz were like the nemesis. Like, all these years, you got to go through Utah, you know, even like, you know, they had Thurl Bailey, and they got Malone and Stockton forever. Yeah. Fucking Hornacek. Like, yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was just like, they were a good team, I mean, as we saw later in the 90s. But, man, right. to this day, obviously, as more and more comes out about Carl Malone and John Stockton, especially Malone, hate right. them even more. Uh, but I remember yeah. hating them in the moment, too. I was like, man, yeah. fuck them. Yeah. People don't realize how good, like, John Stockton was pretty good. Like, yeah. He was good. Yeah. He's a good he player. Was. Like, but they won. Say, like, he looked, we used to call him, he'd say he looked like a P.E. teacher. He just like a That's a great comp. Yeah, he just looked like a PE teacher. We used to call him the PE teacher. He used to give those point guards hell back. Like almost every story from a point guard of that era, and they're talking about like the first guy to really bust their ass is John Stockton. John Stockton, dude, because because dude would play like forty minutes a game. Yeah, and he's, like they he, said he was he really would, strong. Dude couldn't. He's strong. Look at look at them little bitty ass shorts they were wearing, and look at his thighs, dude. Yeah, yeah. Look at this dude's thighs, and <clears throat> dude was strong. He played like forty minutes a game. He didn't get tired. So other dudes would be out there in the third and fourth quarter. You know, they are they all smoke weed. They do all kind of drugs and shit. They out there Not trying John to play. Stockton. Not John Stockton, dog. He in shape. You know what I'm saying? He's shape drinking like milk with his dinner. Man, this motherfucker drink, living in the great Northwest, eating salmon and shit. <laughs> like, you know, he, he fucking in shape like a motherfucker. He from uh, Washington. 
Yep. You're going to mass whenever yeah, you go to, to mass. Yeah, he went to Gonzaga. He was the yeah. first one I knew about went to Gonzaga. Exactly. So, yeah. no. But they beat them in five games. Well, we, yeah, we beat them. Yeah, we got past them. So, then, uh, the rematch with Phoenix, the Choke City rematch. Second yeah. round, Phoenix had won 59 games, and then they took a 3-1 lead. They took a 3-1 lead. I thought it was over then. That Okay. Because so, so it, it looked like I it thought over. it was over. It, 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 it's over because you hear all this, no team has ever come back from a 3-1. You know, back then, they were really saying it back then. Like that. I think <laughs> I like think four teams. True. I think it was true. <laughs> like, back then, like no team has ever come back from a 3-1 deficit. And I think we had to go on the road, like, didn't we have to go on the road when we were down 3-1? Like, we were down 3-1 on the road. You got that down? Yes. So this is the craziest thing, because I yeah. obviously didn't remember I was a child. Game right. five, Phoenix is at home. They have the ball at the end with a chance to win the series. To win the series. And they, missed they miss the shot. Marley, Marley missed the shot, I think. It was a goes, Marley or something? I think so. Goes to overtime. Houston wins game five to stay alive. Yeah. Yeah, we won to stay alive. Imagine coming that close, because I think at this point only four teams had ever come back from three one. Right, because that's that's all you heard. Like, yeah, you know, and and I'm sure like, they had their stats. Yeah, the nail is in the coffin. Like, you know what I mean? So you watching this shit, and when you're about to watch that shit, you like, all right, how just how are we gonna lose? Like, cause we're gonna lose because no team. When you hear that shit back then, like especially now, now when I hear it. It's like, all right, whatever. Like, maybe they might, anything could happen type shit. Yeah. But back then, especially when you're playing against Barkley, then you're like, this shit is over. Exactly. Cause they had, they were, had <laughs> so many more. Like 30 or 40 if you want to. Like, yeah. And they had so many more regular season wins. Like, it wasn't even really a comparison. You just had right. to assume that, all right, this is a wrap. But then they survived game five. Game six is at the summit. Yeah. Force you back home. Yeah. Not even close. That was a blowout. Yeah. That was a blowout. And then they went to the seventh game. Seventh game. And you're this back is... in the, anything could happen. Like, you back to the anything could happen. Yep. Now it's a one-game series. One-game series. And they and uh, they took care of business in that game. They said A.C. Green, I guess, was talking, saying there's no way they'd lose three in a row. Yeah, he, and... was, he, was, a, oh, he was a nemesis, too. <laughs> this was after his Lakers when he was with the Lakers. Like, yeah. Yeah, because he was like a vet, kind of like a vet back then. He still had that fucking curl. Yep. But he was still balling. Like, he was hitting those little jumpers, getting rebounds. Oh, I remember him. He, not, not missing any. He played every, every single game he played. Every game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah, someone who went off that series, Kevin Johnson. Went AJ. off that series because they yeah. said now after the fact, I know Kenny Smith was saying that was by design because they'd rather have KJ go off and not be a distributor than have Barkley go off. Right. Now I don't know yeah, if, was... if if that was real or if that was Kenny kind of copping please for giving up 40 to KJ a couple of times yeah. that series. But I want to believe it because. Man, Kenny used to get cooked all the time. All that shit he be talking. He, he know. If you see him run to the run to the big, that's why I'd be glad when Barkley put him in check. 
Like, he, like, he wasn't nobody. Like, Barkley be telling him, like, but Barkley can't really say shit because he don't have no rings. So Kenny got the ring over. He got the rings over. But what he what he say, what he say, you wasn't no, you ain't nobody. Like, I love when he say that shit because I be like, yeah, you, come on, dog. But Kenny was a good quarterback, though. You got to give it to him. He, he, he could quarterback. He hit some clutch shots, though. He yes. had that clutch. He had a clutch three. What was that? Was that in the Orlando series? Yeah, I think it was in the finals. So yeah, we definitely gonna get to that. But I know that my right. favorite, my favorite time Chuck got Kenny. Kenny was giving some speech talking about how to be a leader and everything. And and Kenny was like, and it's it's like Hakeem used to do this all the time. Like Hakeem, he looked at me and he said, and and Chuck cut him off. He was like, he said, Kenny, can you give me some water? <laughs> <laughs> I about fell out. Um, but yeah, so the game seven, the game seven at Phoenix. Right. We talked about this dude earlier, Joe Klein. He plays a role in this because at the end, it's a tie game. And right. we talked about Robert Ory, wild, dribbling the ball up the court, makes a pass I've never seen since. I've never seen anybody even attempt it. Throws it from one corner of half court to the corner to Mario Ellie. Yeah. Mario Ellie got the three. Has that little he get that that weird little push shot. Yeah, the little push shot. Hits the three. He said he turned and looked Joe Klein right in his right eye. Right in the eye and gave him the kiss of death. The kiss of death. Right. Just the right. coldest move. Whew, I get chills. Mario thinking Ellie was it. a G. Mario Ellie is a G. He's another one that uh, a, a keen protector, like he yeah. would let nobody start no shit. He he, the dude from like the Bronx or somewhere, like dude straight out of New York. Like he's a fucking G. Like he dude, like he's like the fight. Like, yeah, he's like, he with it. And like, he, he wouldn't hundred percent with it. And he wasn't even as big as Otis. He just had a lot of heart. And he was nah. Like, he just had a lot of heart. He was from the Bronx. Yeah, like dude from the Bronx. Like you grew up in the Bronx back then. Like you. You ready? Man. Oh, you ready? The Bronx in the eighties, dog. Yeah, Come on. You, you you ready? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he was yeah he was legit, but he the kiss of death. Yeah, he kiss looked right death. right at Klein, Joe Klein. Like there he is again, Joe Klein, dude. Everywhere. I'm so they win that series, move on to face off against the Spurs in the Western Conference Finals. Spurs. Uh, Robinson David Robinson, was the man. He was the man. They had Sean Elliott, Avery uh, Johnson, Avery. Benny Del Negro. Avery, I saw Avery. I I used to watch Avery play in college too. He went to Southern. Southern, yep. Dude, was, it, man, dude was averaging like I saw him hit a few times. Hit like forty in a game. Like, dude, you don't think of him what? like that. You don't man, think of him like Avery, that in the league. You don't think about it. But if if he came out of Southern, just imagine. When you come out the swag, you gotta be able to hoop. Yep. Like you you can't like if you come out the swag, like you might be able to get out in football because, you know, it's always historically a football, you know, you can get but if you come out the swag and you basketball, you you can hoop. Especially five like, eleven. Dude could man, dude was shooting crazy jumpers. I went to a game, I used to go to Texas Southern games. It was him and this dude named Carlos Sample. You can look him up. He played for Southern too. Man, these dudes used to light it the fuck up. 
Mm. Like I'm telling you, Avery's hit like 30 a game, like easy. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause that he completely that's why he made it in the league. Like he he yeah. made his game fit what the league made needed. His game fit the league. Yeah. Cause he was always small. Yeah. So he knew he had to make it work. But you know, he made it to the league. So yeah, they had him, Sean Elliott, but did they have Del Negro? Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. And they won 62 games that year, and that was also the year Robinson won MVP. And he got the award right before that series. And boy, that that might have been the worst (laughs) thing they did for David Robinson. And uh, Yeah, because Mario Ellie said when he talked to Akeem, Akeem said, uh, you know, he said, yeah, he got my trophy. And that's what Mario Ellie said. He knew it was personal. He knew it was about to be personal. I tell you what, it looked personal too. <laughs> that was like the signature Hakeem series, which is crazy because Hakeem always raised his game in the playoffs. Like he was always better in the playoffs than he was in the regular season. Right. And he even took it to somehow a higher level this series against Robinson. And well, David Robinson was the man that year, though. Yes, because he he was incredible, and he just Hakeem while the Rockets no were going through all their little shit with Clyde and losing games, and Akeem was hurt and being the sixth seed. San Antonio was the team that year, like yeah. in the West, like shit. Because David Cause Robinson I, was the man. Yeah, yeah, I think they they were the number one seed, and right. like this is this is where the bulk of unfortunately for David Robinson like Hakeem dream shake highlights come from this series where he just got Robinson just I mean he was playing good defense on him but you can't do nothing with him him. and the stats 35 points a game 13 rebounds five assists four blocks that's crazy and I just I just don't know what you do with that that's a series. That's like a fucking. <laughs> like that's your averages against the MVP of the league. That's your averages. That's just crazy. And I think he was doing shit like in that game, in those games that we hadn't even seen before. Like some of that under, that under shit he was doing, like the backward. He would do that shit, but like he was doing some wild shit in, the, in that series, dude. Like. <laughs> What in the world? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so that was wild. And so, I mean, it's hard to lose when you got a guy doing that. So they won in, Rockets won in six games. That was also the series where Rodman, he refused to help double Hakeem. Like he, they wanted him to help out, help Robinson out. And Rodman was like, that's your problem. He didn't want to do it. Then after the series, he went scorched earth on the organization. Yeah. Told them they were sorry, cursing out the coach. And Popovich was the GM at the time, cursed him yeah. out. Yeah. Just he was crazy. Like, yes. He was doing all kind of crazy shit back there. He's a good player, shit, of course. Yeah, but just but like uh, he wasn't and and the thing about him is like people were amazed that like the stuff he was doing with the rebounding. But Moses was doing that shit like all the shit Rodman was doing. He was doing that shit long before that. And Moses like was Moses doing was with the Rockets. He was doing that shit, dude. Moses was playing 
he would he was like toying with the dude. He would he would get he would get the rebound and throw it back up against the glass just to get another rebound and then <laughs> then score. Like because he was scoring too. He wasn't like Robin. Robin yeah. would have had like two points, one point, nineteen rebounds. Moses was having like twenty four points, nineteen rebounds. Like he was <laughs> and he was toying with like because he talked about it. Like they used to interview him and he would be like yeah, I just threw it up there like three times to get a couple extra boards and shit. Like, so he would just know he could get it. Like, he was doing shit like that. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, it was crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, so um, went through them, and then, then we it was Orlando. Orlando Magic. You got young Shaq at his, like, Shaq was, he, he was skinnier at this time. Like, skinnier. young more, guy. You got Penny Hardaway. Up. Yep, Penny, Nick Anderson. Yep, Dennis Scott. Dennis Scott. Yep, Dennis Scott. They had a squad. They, they had, had just squad. beat the Bulls, like we were talking about earlier. They just beat 45 yep. Michael Jordan. Yep, yep. They had just beat them. And they kind of like, they handled them too. Like it wasn't no. Yeah. They beat them in like six games. I think they? it was six I games. Think it, I don't think it went seven games. No. So what was the feeling about the Magic heading into this series, like, at this time? Oh, by the time we beat San Antonio, we we like, who is this dude? Like, we didn't give a fuck. <laughs> As fans, That's we great. knew who Shaq was, but they were a young team to us. Yeah. Like, to us, when we, you know, as fans, it was like, yeah, who, you know, they had Shaq. Everybody loved, you know, we knew Shaq. You know, that was that. But it was like, who the rest of these dudes? Like, okay, Penny, all right, whatever. All right, so you know, we we were confident. But after that, Robinson, you know, David Robinson shit, it was like I was confident. Oh, I believe it after watching that because because game one of this series is my first like complete memory of watching a sporting event from start to finish. Uh -huh. I can remember everything about it. I remember my mom was working. Uh, and I was with my grandmother. I can still see the couch. How old were you then? The how old were you when that? How old were you then? I was six years old. That was in 94, what, 95. 95. 95. Okay, you were six years old. Six okay. years old. I can okay. see it. And I remember it was late for me. And I remember right. like battling to stay awake because like the perfect culmination of events for a young basketball fan. You pick a favorite right. player, you start following the team, right? and they make it to the NBA the finals. finals. That's crazy that you were like a Hakeem fan. Oh, my gosh. It was wild. wild. Yeah, I, I was like, you got to let me stay up. And, of course, my grandma, she, she was right there with me. She was like, no, we've been keeping uh, up with this team this whole season. We're definitely going to stay up and watch this game. You were like, yeah, Grandmas are the shit, dude. Amen. Dude, my grandma used to freaking like I, wrestling was my shit when I was like six, five that age. Dude, my grandma would wrestle with me while we watched that shit on fucking TV on the couch. Like we would wrestle each other and shit. Like that's she so would let funny. Me do moves on her and shit. And I was like, dude, grandmas are the shit, dude. Because that's how I learned how to play ball. Like when the games right. were on in the daytime. We would right. watch it and then we would go out on this little hoop and she would let me practice what I'd seen on TV, obviously right. not coming close to replicating it and like slapping her in the face and everything. But that's how I learned how to play. That's how you learn how to play. Right. 
And that taught you a lot right there. Oh, yeah. Because when you playing with her, like, then you went out and played. Like, you can just play with kids. Like, like because, like, grandma's other shit, dude. They are amazing. One time and, for grandma's, dude. Yes. Like, I yes. Swear. I Truly swear. blessed. Yes. And so, yeah, we're watching this game. And I remember the Magic came out, and they were damn, they were ready to play. I mean, they're at home. Oh, they're yeah, they young. They got energy. And it was a 20-point game at one point in the first half. Yep, and they had the home court advantage. Yep. We started there. It was a 20-point game. We brought it back. But uh, Nick Anderson. Yes, because Kenny Kenny Smith went off in the second half. And then the Nick Anderson free throws. And it wasn't just two. This man missed two, got the rebound, and missed two more. And uh, he just he just had to hit one because they were they were up three. He just had to hit one to end the game, right. and he missed four in a row. And I was looking what that did to him. So that that fucked him up the rest of the series. It did. Game one, and we'll get to the end of game one in a second. But game one, he had 22, 11 rebounds, five assists, three steals. He was nine for eighteen, four for ten from three. The rest of the series, 28% from the field, 29% from three, just was not the same player at all. Uh, just messed up his mind. Yeah, he, and he he was like one of my favorite players like when he came out of high school because I used to follow like a lot of those high school players back then. And he was like, he was big time when he came. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was yeah. nice. Nick Anderson, Romeo Robinson, Terry Mills. Like the '86 class, uh, it was a bunch of them that that I followed back then. Like, and he was one of them. He was really he good. Went, he went to King. I think he went to King High. I think he went to school with Marcus Liberty. Marcus Liberty was another one. He was on all the magazines. He was in all the magazines. He was supposed to be the best player. Like, you never heard about Marcus Liberty, huh? He went. He, to, did. he went to Illinois. Illinois. Yep. Yeah, he came out of Chicago. He was around the time when uh, Ben Wilson and all them, like, man. Yeah, because Anderson wore 25 for Ben Wilson. For Ben tribute. Wilson. Yeah, so, yeah, but uh, Marcus Liberty was the one. Like, he was the one that everybody was raving about. But then Nick Anderson turned out to be the one that actually, you know, got there. But, um, yeah, so Shaq, it was Shaq. Shaq was doing his thing in that game too, though. Yeah, he was hooping. And so, yeah, so tie game. Houston has the ball. Kenny Smith pump fakes Penny Penny Hardaway. Uh, Penny Hardaway is like four inches taller than Kenny Smith. Right. Knocks down the three to tie it up. And he hit right. seven threes that game. That was a record at the time for the final. Right. right. Going to overtime. Six-year-old Brandon is about to die because it is late as hell. It's like midnight. (laughs) I'm like, oh, overtime. I'm happy it's overtime because that means we're still fighting. But overtime, I remember just doing whatever I could to stay Stay away, like pinching myself and just like, I got to make it to the end. Right. And I was rewarded because again, tie ball game, couple seconds left in overtime. 
I can still see the play. Drexler has the ball, blows by Nick Anderson, does his head down right hand dribble. Shaq comes over to help. Drexler puts up a finger roll. He has to put it up high because Shaq's there. Bounces off the front of the rim. Who is there to tip in the game winner of game one of the NBA finals? But Hakeem Olajuwon. I tell you what. I I lost my mind for (laughs) however long it took. It was 0.3 left on the clock, so not enough time to put a shot up. I was losing my mind, and then as soon as the clock hit zero, I was not out 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 like a light. That's but hilarious just, that you were up that late at six years. <laughs> could not shit. believe, like it felt like a I was in a movie that I got to see this happen. My favorite player on my favorite team, game one of the finals, hits the game winner. Could not believe it, and I still remember. I remember reading in his autobiography later, he didn't know he had won the game because everyone was so quiet. Right. So if you look at the tape, you'll see him kind of walking around looking. Looking around. And then, of course, the bench charges him because he won the game. And the reason everyone was quiet because they were in Orlando. But, man, I just remember how hard it was for me to stay up and how that happened and losing my mind and immediately passing out. Like, that was a tough ending I remember after the game, everybody was like, oh, if he would hit those free throws, y'all wouldn't win. Y'all wouldn't have won. You know, it was like, if he wouldn't have won, if he wouldn't have. I was like, that's why he shot him, so he could miss him. Exactly. He shot four free throws, so you can't. He had a chance twice in a row. Like, back to back. Four times, he clanked them. Like, that first one, the first free throw he shot, didn't it like bounce around, baby? Yeah, like, like rimmed out. And some shit. It like the rest down. of them were like plank jobs. Like <laughs> the the more he shot, the worse it was getting. You could see him like that butthole. Like he was like lemon booty, but Monty Jones calls a lemon booty. He had full blown worst case of lemon booty you ever seen. This dude could not. He yeah, I, hated that. I hated that for him, but it, yeah. It, yeah, that's what happened. Like. But I, I mean, so. yeah, that was bad. So, like, they pull off game one. Yep. Game two. Next game it was on. Yeah. And it was like a little bit more of the same because uh-huh. the Rockets, I know they got out to a big lead. Orlando tried to claw back, but then we uh-huh. got Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. They had no answer for him. He had 31 that game. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Yep. At, at he was game kind of cementing two. his legacy then, like he was sort of like cementing his legacy then. He he did it in the playoffs. Yeah, like, like he was like he always would come come through in the playoffs because he had done that in the Knicks series too. So yeah. Rockets are up two to nothing. Won two games on the road, headed back to the summit. Uh, you got to be we, confident. Man, we think it brooms. We get it, like we because. <laughs> Cause see, by now we know that like <clears throat> Shaq is just—he's a, a rookie, he's a youngster. He ain't ready yet. Yeah. From 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 the way that Hakeem was doing him, but Shaq was getting his because he was overpowering. You know, he was getting his dunks, he was getting in position. But from the way Hakeem was doing him, it was just like they ain't coming back. 
Like it's just like we up two zero. They not they not gonna be us twice at the house at no. all. So yeah, because it was surgical. Because even Shaq was probably three hundred pounds at this time, so he was smaller, but he was still big and still strong, stronger than anybody in the league. Yeah, he was still stronger than anybody. He was still like majorly strong yeah like you say he was 300 because i think he said what he say with the lakers he was four something yeah he was getting up four bills so like, he said he was like no nah, he they, they just interviewed him not too long ago he said he was oh when i was with the lakers i was over 400 i was like 450 good i mean some of them pictures yeah i bet he was <laughs> i remember some of them and I was like, damn. With those Celtics, when he was with those Celtics. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's like 500. Yeah, he was, he was, oh, it got, it got ugly for Shaq. But yeah, I believe it. So just imagine if you haven't, and you should have seen young Shaq at this point, but he was a svelte dude for Shaq, but still. He was, he was swole, but he was skinny. Like he was skinny swole, but he was still 300 pounds. Yeah. So he I mean, was so. like, he looked skinny compared to what he played with the Lakers. If you watch his Orlando, he looked skinny. Yeah. But he wasn't, though. He was no. like, he was he was bigger than a king. Yeah. Like more, more muscular than a king. And a king was strong. Yeah. But so. he was just raw. He was just too raw. Like he was raw strong. He didn't know how to use it yet. You know, he didn't know how to, he wasn't, he wasn't really ready for. Man, when you going against a king, man, you got to be ready. Yeah, man, you, you got to be mentally be right. Be, if your name ain't Joe Klein, man, you, you got to be ready. You're in trouble, yep. Yeah, you're in trouble, yeah. So, game three, closer one, but Robert Ory sealed it with a three. I mean, if yeah. stop me if you heard that one before. Like you said, yeah. he could still hit threes at this point, but he was doing a lot of different things. Yeah, people just know him for hitting the threes because with the Lakers and then, you know, with us. You know, like that one. Like, they know him for the ones that he hit that's clutch. But in a regular game, just like, you know, everyday games, man, dude's all in the paint, dunking on people, like, doing crazy shit. Yes. That's why I just kind of laugh when people are like, oh, he's just an outside shooter. No, he's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no he's not. I thought he was going to be a star at some point. Cause he, right, you're right. He I had, thought he was going to be a star, too. Yeah, when we, when, cause, cause when we kind of like when he first came to the Rockets, it was like, okay, cause he was kind of unknown. Like yep. you didn't know about him, like coming out of college, he wasn't like a big time college name. He came from another what school? I forgot what school he went to. I think he went um, to Bama. Yeah, Alabama. He did, cause we had Buck Williams. Sorry, ass before that. Uh, he was he he was like we spent the uh, first round pick on Buck Williams. He came from Alabama. And then we got when we got Ori, we was like, oh shit, this is another Alabama dude. That's right, I remember that shit because Buck Williams was trash, and they spent like a high first round pick. This was around in the eighties year, like uh. it was early, like late eighty. But um, yeah, Ori was Ori was a key in those championship years. He was key, like he's a key. Every ring that he got with us, he deserved that shit. Absolutely. Like it's not no like when he was with the Lakers, they try to say he's like a side dude, you know, because he got all these rings now, and so he got like three. He got three with the Lakers. Yep, like three with the Lakers, and he got us. a couple more with uh, two with the Spurs at the end. Right, so he got all these rings, and they try to put him in a box like he just like some 
side six man type dude. Nah, when he was playing with us, dude was balling like crazy. He kind of reminded me. I thought he was gonna be like a Scotty Pippen two point He kind of was in that mold. He was sort of that mold. He was a little bit. Seemed like to me, always a little bit longer than Pippen though. Yeah, yeah. I think He's he was taller, 16. longer arms. Or yeah, like, or he's like six ten. Like yeah, Pippen's like six seven. Yeah. So, so I thought I was like, okay, longer, this is. But he he had the jumper though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was like, damn, this dude's six ten. He got the jumper. Did he inside? You know, he was nice though. To me, he was nice. Like, oh yeah, he was a nice compliment to the team. That was my grandmother's favorite player, Robert Ory. My oh, mom okay, liked... then. All right, then. Yeah, my mom liked Sam Cassell. I was Hakeem. Oh, you had everybody in the house oh. on the Rockets. Then. Oh, we were all about it. We were <laughs> all about it. Talking about that's what I'm talking we, we, about. It was the the official Charleston, South Carolina chapter of the Houston Rockets fan club was right let in that household. All right, let me ask you this: I forgot to bring up this player we had used to play for Rockets in uh. 19, you gonna know that you gonna know who it is as soon as I tell you. I just want to tell you a year. 77, 78 was a year. We this was a year we got in. We got Robert Reed. You know about Robert Reed with the Afro. Yes. You know Robert Reed. Yes. Okay. But but guess who else we got that year? Mike Dunleavy. Okay. He's from South Carolina. That's right. He went, went to, he went to went South Carolina. Gamecocks played with uh Alex English, I think. Right, right, right. Yeah, so he he was with the Rockets for a while. Like he was like little Irish white dude shooting the threes. Like like he he had a little game. Like he had a little game. Yeah, like Dudley had a game back then. Like he could hoop a little bit. The, yeah, the men's so. team don't have players like that anymore. Well, the, I'm not gonna say that because they have looked good to start the season, but clearly, yeah, the men's team. But the women's team, we're not worried about that. Oh, they always. Oh, they always. They 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 ballers. Yeah, they ball us like for sure. Dawn knows. She knows what yep. she's doing. Uh yep. but yeah, so game four, game four, not really a problem. Like nah, ran away with it. Orlando had given up. I mean, they're down three nothing on the road. They're young. They're a young team. They yeah. weren't ready for that. Like no. when they were down three oh, they were like, nah, we can't do this. Like, cause we had the pressure on by then. We were at home. Last game, it was over. So what's it like seeing Hakeem and Clive finally win together? I remember the like the the last play of the game, Hakeem hit a corner three pointer at the buzzer. Yeah, and, and Clyde like laughing because it was hilarious that he would do yeah. that, and then them celebrating to see two University of Houston guys win it for the Rockets. Yeah. Clyde's from Houston, gets his first ring. Right. What is that like? It it was cool for me because. They had been through the trenches together and they didn't win. So when they were with Houston, we go with the Cougars, they they went through the trenches three years in a row and got to the pinnacle. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. But then they get it in the NBA. So that's sweeter. Plus it's Clyde's, you know, it's Clyde's first ring. So that was that was that was like amazing to me, you know. That was but you know. When I think about back then, that was like the back-to-back, the whole, yeah, it was it was crazy, you know, the back-to-back shit. But then, then you think about, I just hate to start thinking about the next, like. Oh, yeah. It next, got bad. Because when you, when you put on that little thing, okay, then we're going to talk about the Barkley, the Pippen, and all. Like, right. uh, 
that was yeah. like it was no good. But we will we'll, we'll talk some more about the 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 win for a second because Rudy T yeah. with the with the speech never underestimate the heart of a champion. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. Tell you what, six year old me was taking it all in. You that's had, wild like, that you were six there. Like that's 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 wild. I was all that shit. I was just I just couldn't believe. It. Like I picked a team and they. I just thought that's how my sports fandom was gonna be. You just thought forever. it was gonna be like that forever. You picked a team and I was like, this is a breeze. Through. I don't know why everyone else gets so mad. This is easy. Right. right. So you, you didn't you didn't like the Hornets. You didn't you didn't care for the Hornets. No. No. I mean, I I liked I would pull for them. Right. If they were not were playing the Rockets. Yes. Right. But they're I was, local. They're yeah, local. exactly. Exactly. But right. I was die hard. Like I was gonna argue with you about the Rockets. Right. Even as a child. Like, no, this is why Hakeem's the best. This is why Clyde's the best. This is what Robert Ory does. Because, like, I was about the Rockets. And everybody knew. Because I remember we used to have, we played uh, peewee basketball. We'd get the, our pictures done. They used to give us these little, uh, they'd give us to them on these trading cards that we could have a trading okay. card of ourselves. Uh-huh. Every year, one of the questions, favorite basketball player, everyone else, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Of course. I was like, Hakeem Olajuwon. I'd, like, I'd have my mom write it out for me in as straight a letters as she could because I did not want them messing up the name. As though See, they like they clearly knew who Hakeem was too, but I was like, Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Abdul Olajuwon. Yep. Like, yeah, and then when they were in Houston at the U of H, they had the first name on the jersey. Yep. So he had Hakeem on the back of his shit. Like Hakeem, though it was he spelled it with an A. He didn't so, become Hakeem until he was with the Rockets a couple years. Do you know the story behind that? I don't. You can tell me. I probably heard it before, but I, I mean, I'm so old, I forget shit. So what happened? Because this was something that was I was curious about as a child too. His accent was so thick, uh, coming from Nigeria. Yeah. That. H wasn't really a sound that they made. Right. So he went to his first college trip, was going to uh, visit St. John's. He got out the airport. He said he took a step out of the airport. That's too cold. That's he too didn't cold. even go to the college. Yeah. Yeah, he said, yeah, let's go to the cold. next stop. Yeah, he goes cold. to Houston. He gets in, the, in, the, in a taxi. Yeah. And he tells him he wants to go to the University of Houston, but he doesn't say h as well so the the taxi driver almost takes him to the university of austin but he was like that's a long way (laughs) to drive from here right and so he showed up and he was like my name is akeem because he didn't say h's and so they said well akeem that shit sounds like it's spelled a k e e m and so that's how he was and then finally uh in his career with the Rockets, he had enough confidence. He was like, actually, y'all been spelling my name wrong. It is right. Hakeem. It's Hakeem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just yeah. crazy. Cause I, I used to memorize everything about that dude. I even to this day, birthday, January 21st, 1963, Lagos, wow. Nigeria. I could right. tell you uh, went to University of Houston, drafted. First overall, 1984. I was just rattling this stuff off 
all. You ever see his brothers they... play? You ever know about his brothers? No. Yeah, two brothers. They play like one of them went to school, high school in Houston. He was playing for one of the high schools in Houston. This is when Akeem was first got with the Rockets. I think it was Teju. He How were they? Brothers. They were tall. <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what. If Akeem was like Giannis, they would have an NBA contract. They was like Giannis brothers. They was like Giannis brothers, but they could they didn't Giannis they, Akeem didn't have enough pool to get him in the league. But they were they was they were sorry. They were sorry like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, so about this Rockets team, something that I found interesting that people don't talk about is how it it kind of kicked off two different dynasties. With the when they beat the Spurs, obviously Dennis Rodman lost lost his mind in that series, and so he ends up getting traded to the Bulls for Will Purdue. And so uh-huh. then you got uh-huh. the Bulls going, and then beating the Magic. The big thing in Orlando was a couple years later, they didn't want to pay Shaq, they thought that right. he wouldn't work the money. Do you right. think, I mean, I don't know if they would still feel that way if he had won that championship in 95. Nah, they would have paid him. Yeah, he, he might not have gone to L.A. Yeah, he they if he'd have won, if they'd had a taste of a title. You got to yeah. You got to pay him. I can remember when, when he was in Orlando. And, of course, I was, I was, like I said, I was in L.A. All my friends out here, you know, they Laker fans or whatever. And they kept telling me, like, are we getting Shaq? And I was like, no, y'all not. Y'all ain't getting Shaq. Like, I used to hate I used to hate to hear it because <laughs> I knew once they got him, they were going to be back good. Because this, this was when the Lakers was down. They was down for a while before they got Shaq. They, when they, when the Magic, after Magic had the little, the little AIDS, you know, the little HIV shit. And then they was like on some Elden Campbell, Sedell Cedric Sabalos, Sedell 3. Fucking, they were terrible. Like, they were like, and Laker fans hate when the Lakers aren't good. Like, in LA, they can't stand that shit. Like, because the Lakers just got to be good. It's the like, Lakers. It's a, This is a Laker town. Like, you could think, it ain't no Dodger town. Like, it's a Laker town. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, so everywhere you go, everybody's a Laker fan, right? So when they, you know, when they heard, like, when it started even bubbling that Shaq was coming to the Lakers, everybody was like, Oh, we get we get Shaq. We about to be back on top. Like it's, it, you know. And I was like, I was hating it because you know I'm a Rockets fan, so I'm like, <laughs> I can't get this dude. Like, it's no way they get it. It's no way Orlando's gonna let them. Go. They stupid if they let this dude go. Like I used to say that shit. Like, but then, you know, Laker fans always know they got Hollywood in their back pocket. That's why, like, Wimby. It's always you always in danger of the best player coming to LA because of any kind of movie type yep. music, any of that shit. And when it, when you start like when they start bringing up like back when Shaq, they would bring up man, you know Shaq be rapping and shit. 
you know, he trying to do songs on the West Coast. They used to just bring it up to me, like my boys and shit. They'd be like, you know he coming, dude. Like, you might as well get ready. I used to be so fucking mad, dude. Like, they cannot get this dude. How are they finna get this dude? Because at the time, that was not the norm. Like, people were staying with their team. They were staying with their teams, but it was like, Orlando, I was thinking, like, Orlando is stupid. Like, dude, yes. y'all just went to the finals with this dude. Why would you let him go to a team that's known for going to the finals when they get good players? Like, you got, I was like, y'all got to do some Disney shit. Y'all got to figure out some shit. Like, and then he just ended up coming. I remember the day, day he signed. I mean, they was going crazy out here. Like, they was like, oh, we back. We about to be back. Because it just made time. you... You would not do that with a generation. No, because if you today. were thinking like, I'm thinking like, if I'm a GM in the league, I'm not going to give one of the historically best teams. That's like giving them to the Celtics. Yes. A, a generational big man who is heading into his, not even in his prime yet, but heading right. into it. And you let That's him like, go. You you let him go. Because I, I was so glad, like, by the end, like the Celtics were down. Like they were down. You know, because I had always hated the Celtics. You know what I mean? So when they when they didn't get Lynn Bias, you know, they still had Bird. They still won that shit with Bird. But if they would have got Lynn Bias, dude, they would have been on top for a minute. Like, Lynn Bias was better than Jordan in college. Like, I don't care what nobody say. Like, you can get all these Jordan people on here. I don't care what they say. If you saw what was going on when Lynn Bias was playing in the ACC versus North Carolina... And the shit he was doing, dude was like built like Adonis. Mm. And his jumper was money. Like money. Like you couldn't stop this dude. Like he was unstoppable. But um, <clears throat> I used to hate that the Celtics, but when he died, I was like, that's a curse to the Celtics. Like they ain't gonna never get back on top again because of that. But when the Lakers got Shaq, nigga, I knew it was over. I knew it was over. I mean, I it, like, just, it just made too time. much sense. Yeah, it just made too much sense. But nobody even knew Kobe was gonna be like that, you know. No. Because when they, you know, when he got drafted, he was like what ninth pick or some shit. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen pick. Yeah. Crazy shit for Vlade Divac. Yes. Exactly. Like, whew, I tell you what, a per- it, just a perfect storm. It's almost like Lakers fans willed that to happen. They were like, "We've been too long. We've been watching Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel." We deserve Eddie better. It's a deal. We're going to make it happen. Uh, Elder Campbell. I used to see Elder Campbell all the time. Like He, he went to Clemson. Yeah, Elder Campbell. Like, <laughs> we used to call him. We used to say he's stealing from the league. Me and my uh, he, boys used to always say, he's, uh, he's stealing his check this year. <laughs> he ended up playing for the Hornets, too. So Did he? Yeah, so you know it was hard to pull for them because that's what the right. Hornets were offering up, especially when when Zoe and uh, Larry Johnson and everybody was gone. It was Vladi, yeah. Vladi for a year. He, he always got a pass though in L.A. because he was like mediocre, but he's a L.A. dude, like he's from Inglewood, so he he always got a pass of just being mediocre, like mediocrely, you know, whatever. He would have a monster game every now and then. He would do something, but he was like a mediocre dude. Mm. So, yeah, so they kicked off these two two dynasties, basically, Uh just by winning back-to-back. And then we got the end 
of Clutch City when I realized what it's really like to be a sports fan. What you talking about when they brought in Barkley? Yeah, well, even the year after the Orlando win, right? Um, everyone get everyone got hurt. Everyone was injured. Yeah, and they just yeah. they just couldn't really do nothing. They, I think, they lost yeah. the the Sonics in the second round that year. It, yeah. They were swept. Like they just didn't have yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. Then I think that made them panic because everyone got hurt. So they trade Ori and Cassell for Barkley. What was your thoughts of that trade? When it happened, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. You 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 hear a name like Charles Barkley. He he's been there. He, you know he Charles Barkley, but then dude, that shit was a disaster, dude. When they brought that dude in, man, dude would dribble the fucking hair out the ball like for 23 seconds and in the lane, just dribbling that shit, trying to back down, back down, back down. And his shit was he was supposed to get everybody to collapse on him and then he would distribute to a three-point shooter or you got a key, dog. I don't need you backing down nobody. Like, this ain't your team. So I think that was a, a panic move because I would have liked to have kept Cassell and Ori and see what they turned keep into. The young players, dude. You got to keep, especially Cassell was just like a budding. Yes. He was just a budding star. Yes. Dude, he was just coming on. Ori was already a vet, he had been there. Yes. It was a panic move, but when you got somebody like Charles Barkley. Correct. Because, I mean, you, you know. Gotta, you got to consider it. But then when you when you get him there, you realize he need the ball. Yes, a lot. He got to have it. Yeah. He can't operate without the ball. And when you look back at his all his teams – even when he was with Philly, when he was raw, he still did his scoring with the ball. Like he was getting rebounds and stuff, but they were they ran plays for him. You know what I'm saying? So he has to have the ball in his hands. And then when he got older, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, because he was old. By the time he got, he was probably mid thirties when he got to Houston. Yeah, and so he, he couldn't out in Phoenix though. He balled out in Phoenix. Yeah, because he, he had just won MVP in 92-93, yeah. the year before Hakeem did. And so he wasn't too far outside his prime. But uh, you, this was a different era, too, when guys really weren't. We see LeBron now, yeah. 21 seasons in. Yeah, LeBron but it is was, amazing. Though. Yeah, you know, like he, that dude he, is not human. Like I, like I said, I've been watching basketball a long time. He's amazing. Yes. Like I ain't seen much like him like ever it's that's including that's including jordan and barkley wouldn't really wouldn't really like that physically nah, at all nah he wouldn't nah, he's he's a fat ass by the end when he got to oh, especially was, by then oh yeah he was he was back to the round mound of rebound yeah he was hunky chunky we used to call him hunky chunky he's fucking backing down all he did was get the ball dribble Go to the lane. I mean, we got so many fucking three seconds calls. 
dude was horrible. And then it it did come together the one year where that beat a, Seattle. They made they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, Western Conference Finals against Utah. And that was a That's series. I remember they had Eddie Eddie Johnson coming off the bench. He hit a three pointer at the buzzer he to beat Utah. Lutch it on, yeah. Yes. And then yeah. Game Six, yeah, that was the John ugly. Stockton buzzer beater. Yeah. And who you, if you're listening to, go watch this play where John Stockton ended the series against the Rockets. And if you have an answer as to what Charles Barkley was doing defensively on that play, please let me know because he was lost. Stockton had a wide open three pointer. It reminded me of the 93 finals when he went for the steal at the end and left Paxson open for three. And eventually it ended up in a rotation where Paxson was open for three and the bulls won. I guess this dude just liked leaving white point guards wide open for three to end series. I was looking at it again today and I was just, I just could not figure out what he was thinking on that play. But again, not a dude known for his defense either at all, but that's why they clown on, on inside the NBA about his defense. He can't say shit. No, because he, he, he got to agree with that shit. Cause he know he didn't play no defense, like, not a fun. bit. And I was, so please go look up the go look up the the <laughs> shot and let me know if you have a clue as to what Barkley was thinking. I have to look at it. I have, I have to check it out. I probably oh was cussing gosh. so bad at that time. I probably didn't pay attention. And then so after that, it was pretty much over because Clyde retired after that. Yeah. They brought in Pippen. That was a disaster. He didn't play hard at all. He was terrible. And I think the biggest thing. This is where not only giving up Ori, but also Cassell. Rockets didn't have no point guard at this time. They were playing they Matt Maloney. Matt, Matt Maloney. Undrafted. Dude from the Ivy League. Didn't really do anything after he left Houston. They had him. They had Bryce Drew. Yeah, yep. And then they had uh, Brent Price, Mark Price's little Brent brother. Price. They had Brent Price. This is the ugly uniform days. Yeah. Brent yeah. Price. Uh... What's yeah the dude from Valparaiso? What's his name? That yeah, that was Bryce Drew. Drew. He hit the shot against yeah, Ole Miss. Drew. Yeah, yeah. They just was... had no point guard because Kenny Smith nah. had left in free agency the year that. Nah, they didn't get nobody until they got uh, Steve Francis. Yeah, so yeah. they got Steve Francis, but by then, obviously, Clutch City Rockets are done. That's my Francis jersey. There we go, Stevie franchise. Yeah. Uh, what that was it? Chris Paul. That ain't Chris Paul. Just so Thank you. Know. Thank you. Good. Because I was about to cut this. I was about to nah, not release nah, this. Not a title jinx ass. He, uh, <laughs> so what is the say. <laughs> what is the thought when like ultimately Hakeem is traded to the Raptors and is yeah, over that with? Was, that was sad days for me because I'm like, dude, you're just supposed to finish your career. With the I Rockets. was devastated but they paid them a nice chunk of change to come to toronto if i'm not recalling i believe so and it was like he clearly wasn't nah. in houston's plans and he he age had caught up with him i mean he was old yeah, at this he was, point he, he kept getting older. kept getting injured yeah. they were going yeah, in a different direction getting, yeah he was basically just uh you know collecting the check he was on his shack 
chasing the ring days. With yeah, because I think chasing the ring though. <laughs> I think he thought that maybe Toronto had a chance in the East with Vince Carter. Yeah, this was Vince taught him. Yeah, so but that was just that was for me personally. That was terrible. That was nah, I was I wasn't even following that shit when he got traded. I was like, ah. I was sick. Yeah, I was sick too. Yeah, it was it. It was it was it pissed me off because I was like he should finish his career there, you know. But that was around the time when they start paying out a little money, even if you old, you can get a little nice little check if you're yeah. on your way out. You know what I mean? So I can't be mad at him for getting a check. You know what I mean? No. So I mean, almost finished up here. Got a couple questions for you, real quick. Sure. I saw this a little bit when this other person I'm about to mention was in his prime. Uh, but I saw this argument more greater Houston rocket of all time, Hakeem or James Harden. I was look, I didn't want to ask it, but I knew I was hearing this. I was hearing this around when James won the MVP. And I was like, wait a second, we gotta, everyone's got to calm down. That fat Twinkie motherfucker <laughs> is not. I would. I don't even claim him. <laughs> Thank you. He's, he. I don't. I don't even claim him. Some of the shit he pulled while he was with the Rockets. Um, like I don't. I just can't stand him, motherfucker. Like I. I. I and I. I'm like a low, a lightweight. You know. I like other teams. Like so. I've been. Like I said, I used to like the Lakers. I I I, I like the Lakers because I'm in L.A. You know, most of the time my house is in L.A. I move I moved to Mexico, so I'm back and forth uh, between here and Mexico. But I was, you know, when I'm here, like right now, I'm in L.A. So I watch the Lakers and I like the Clippers too, because you can go to a Clipper game, you know, for cheap. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I I've always watched the Clippers, even when they played at the Sports Arena, when they had, you know, like who Richardson. Danny okay. Manning and all them. You know what I mean? So I always have followed the Clippers. So this year, you know, that shit tore me up that they they got hard, <laughs> man. That shit just like because I'm a Westbrook guy. That's my guy. Like Westbrook okay. is my guy. Like I love Westbrook, you know, even though he had his downtime with the Lakers, he came back with the Clippers this year with Kawhi healthy. They they were on a little roll at the yeah. beginning of the season. And then I look up and I was like, they bringing this Twinkie eating bastard. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I can't believe this shit, dude. And now they ain't won a game. No, they keep losing. It's, it's, I would not have made the move because I don't see what he adds to the team. He don't add nothing, dude. No, he's a selfish bastard. And you know how it's gonna end too. Like he's just gonna pull the same thing. Man, and get, I just want Westbrook go. to get up out of there, man. I hope Westbrook get. I hope he get up out of there, man. Just go to a team. I don't care if he go to a sorry team. I don't even care. Like I just want him to get up out of there, man. He don't deserve that shit. Kawhi, Kawhi, and they go. Kawhi gonna stop playing. See, that's the thing. Like you fucking around with Kawhi, man. He will stop playing, dog. He will be man. He will stop playing. Like he won't play. Like he'll just come up with some shit. Like, I'm out. I'm out, dog. He'll be sitting at the house, man. So it's like, dude, I can't believe that. But yeah, man. Those I mean, I was still rooting for the Rockets when they had heart. Like, cause they were winning games. They were winning some games. Oh, yeah. Then when it come down to the playoffs, 
they don't have no game plan, man. They just they lost when they lost Lillard that one year. Yeah. That's in Tokyo. Because I knew, obviously, especially with social media, you can find anyone making a dumb statement. But I was seeing too much of James Harden's the greatest rocket ever. Never hear nobody from Houston say that shit. I was about to say, I was like, this this cannot be. Not no real. No, you might hear a Houston transplant say that shit, but ain't no real nobody from Houston don't ever say that shit. So then my he next, he question. ain't close to the uh, the Mount Rushmore of Houston players. Like we got a Mount Rushmore. And he ain't on it. I figure, because, I mean, okay, you he got the MVP to. award. Exactly. Because especially the way he left, I mean, that was... Nah, what, what he trying to talk shit. Like, when he left, he's like, I can't play with this team. They're too bad. It's a bad team. And I was like, oh, you ain't shit. Like, that means you ain't shit. If we a bad team and you on the team, Guess and you what? supposed to be the star, that means you ain't shit, <laughs> dog. Yes. And then he go and go to Brooklyn and fuck that off. Same thing. Then go fuck off Philly. Philly. Now he finna fuck the Clippers off. Yep. Mm. The boy KG say he ain't gonna have too many wiggles. He he wiggled his way out of all these situations. You ain't got infinite wiggles. He That's what KG said. <laughs> run out of teams. Yeah. So. So then we got greater big man ever. I see this one a lot too. Hakeem or Tim Duncan. I'm going to say, I got to pick between those two? Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a Kareem guy. So, okay. So, Kareem all-time for you. Kareem was always my all-time, all-time GOAT basketball player. Not NBA, not college, not pro, not all that shit. High school, college, pro. NBA, NBA, college, you know, high school, Kareem. He's my GOAT. He's always been my GOAT. Because ain't nobody do it like him at every level. And he gets left out of the GOAT conversation a lot, too. Man, ain't nobody do it like Kareem in high school championships for college championships. Got pros. He got five. He got a shot that ain't nobody been able to defend. Nobody can stop it. He was the highest scorer until LeBron just broke that shit. Yeah, look how long that took to break that. Look how long that shit took. Like, so he been my GOAT. Like, now I'm still a Hakeem fan, and I saw Hakeem dominate Kareem. But, damn, Tim Duncan, then you throw him in a situation, like, it's like, shit, this dude, how many rings? He got, like, four rings. He dominated the league every year he played. So, I don't know. I was going with Kareem still. <laughs> I, ain't gonna, I can't pick. I can't pick. those. So that one's. I love Akeem, though. It's Akeem and Kareem for me, though. Because with Duncan, I think Duncan's the greatest power forward ever. Oh, he's the greatest power forward, yeah. But center, center. Then you go to centers, like you got Hakeem and Kareem to me. I would take, if I just had to pick a player regardless of position, obviously I'm wearing a shirt. I'm incredibly biased here, but I don't oh, care. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, taking Hakeem because the way I try to do it is if I switch them and put them like I put Hakeem on Duncan Spurs and Duncan on the Rockets, which team is going to do better? Like, and oh, to oh me, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. With the, flip them. I mean, the 
the carry job that Hakeem did. And like I said, we just talked about how the great role players, he even brought Clyde in to the Rockets. Yeah. But no one did what Hakeem did those back-to-back seasons. That's true. And Duncan, he was surrounded by, like, he had, he wouldn't peak David Robinson, but he had David Robinson. Then when right. then Robinson retired, he still had Manu and Tony Parker. Later yeah. career had uh, Kawhi and and everybody. So people are going to take this as me down in Tim Duncan. Please don't do that. Nah. Tim Duncan, all time great player. Yeah, I think defensively they're very comparable. I think Hakeem has a higher offensive ceiling. He had more he could do on offense and could carry the load on offense more than Duncan. To me, that's the separator. And, and, and on defense, uh, Hakeem, he more categories. He steals, blocks, fucking rebounds. Like, he playing up by the three-point line. He's stealing the ball from point guard. Like, Tim Duncan wasn't doing that shit. Especially, like... This isn't the conversation, but just another great point that you raise. Like, if you put Hakeem in today's game where bigs oh, have he, to guard he balling guards. Right now. Oh, yeah, he balling. Can't nobody stop him, though. No. See, that's no. the thing. Like, if you put him out there now, these dudes can't stop him. No. He can stop them. Yes. Because he's quick enough. His feet, his his footwork. A damn is, soccer. Is, yeah, it's, it's immaculate. So he can move around. You know, like I'm watching this dude Joker the other night. Like, this dude is amazing, man. Like he, like I'm, I, he's like one of the best players I've ever seen in my life, dude. Like this dude is sound. He can't even fucking jump, man. Yeah, he he this dude just, can barely jump, man. No and athleticism. His basketball, uh, his acumen. It's like he knows where people are on the court. He knows where to go. He even know where the rebounds coming sometimes. It's, it's ridiculous. Like this shit is amazing. Like this dude, so he's so good. Yep. So I think that's all the questions I got. So now, right. man, you you've been around here. This this podcast gonna be long. So I hope y'all enjoy it, brother. I mean, this is nah, great. It's all good. Yeah. But KP, what do you have to plug, promote, anything? The floor is yours. In the words of our dear friend Danny Foxworth. <laughs> Oh, I got to give a shout out to my boy Foxworth first because uh, that's my guy. I got to meet with him uh, next week. I'm going to be on his show. Okay. We're going to be talking about baseball because he's a Rangers fan. And they just got the series. And I'm an Astros <laughs> fan. We choked it off, the uh, playoffs. So I got to give him his props on the air. And uh, uh, the only thing I got to plug really is like, um, like I said, I moved – to Mexico a couple of years ago, back and forth, and I started a company for people that want to like buy property out in Mexico. I do consulting. If you want to do a vacation down there, if you want to talk about safety, you want to talk about where to stay, where to eat, you know, different places. That's what I do. So um, my IG is KPNet Global, and my um, website is kpnetglobal.com so um you can see some properties on there and basically what i do is i if you see something you like i can hook you up with agents that i work with in uh down in mexico i'm down in like playa del carmen puerto morelos area 
between Cancun and Tulum. So it's sort of in between those two. I don't fuck around in those two cities because that's where everybody goes. But these are two small towns in between where they're sort of tourist towns, but they got nice property, investment property, you know, something people want to look into to get away from the United States. Man, that is what's up. I'm going to put that in the show notes if you want to check it out. But man, I could have talked for probably three more hours about oh, yeah, these yeah, vodkas, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it's true. I could talk like I could talk about sports all day. So yes, sir. So we got you. I'll have you back on to talk more stuff. But man, I appreciate right. you coming on. All right, appreciate it, man. Always uh, checking out my stuff and sharing it. I appreciate that too, oh, yeah, man. For sure, for sure. You got one of the best podcasts on. Like I try to check you out, like as much as I can because you talk about like different stuff that I like. You know what I'm man. saying? Like even like. South Carolina football. I'll watch that shit because I just like football. So I watch those and I watch, like, I'm not even into women's basketball that much. Like, we joke about that shit, but I'll watch, I watch yours because I like Don Staley. So, Don Staley. I watch your, your stuff. And then, you know, when y'all talking about football, college football. And oh, man. Yeah. The, your dog. Kobe. Like he makes he makes the best picks. <laughs> I need to get him on like picking players for this fan duel shit. Cause I need to win some tournaments. I need him to pick a couple players for me. <laughs> Cause he makes some picks. Like that one week he picked the Bears. And I was like, dude, ain't no way. And then they came out and mopped up. <laughs> he knows. Like, he knows. Like, I can't explain it. He knows. <laughs> that's my guy man so i watch those picks every week dude that's hilarious yeah he knows i'm gonna go when we get off here i'm gonna give him an extra treat he's gonna a give him an extra boy. treat for me man for sure man definitely man well again All i right. appreciate you coming on man i appreciate, I appreciate y'all you having me on, for sure Yes, sir. I appreciate everyone watching, liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing, all that fun stuff. And I will catch y'all later. Right.